Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined by Mr. Ultra David, Mr. Tubaware. How you guys doing? I'm doing so well. I had a nice weekend. I've been playing some video games. I've been doing some work. I've been hanging out with cats. It's been pretty good. What about you, Tubaware? Two eight one. 3008004 hit two bow up on the low cause two bows about to blow. I'm sorry, that song just been stuck in my head all day. I had to do it. What the nice heck? word. What is that? Like, you don't know about Mike Jones? That's where you're supposed to say who. And then I say Mike Jones and you say never mind. Who oh, people. Man, we got it so wrong that we didn't even know yeah, that we were supposed just, to say. You don't who? even know oh, the song. No. This is like uh no, you're right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Here's what we're going to be talking about today. Over on the side, it's not just we're going to be that's... talking about Gold Lewis Dickinson, who has come out for Guilty Gear The Strive. We'll talk about the patch as well and associated stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the CPT NA East 1, in part because the matches are cool, but also in part uh, to talk about what Punk said. We're going to have special guest <laughs> Dastard Bro on here to talk about Strive, Power Rangers, all sorts of other stuff. He's a cool dude. As far as the viewer matchup, uh, the 5-5... The matchup viewer questions go we have some fun ones for today uh we're going to be talking about uh, melty blood we're going to be talking about levo and all sorts of other stuff some some other fun things and we got a fun mailbag today too so let's start by talking about (laughs) gold lewis dickinson gold lewis dickinson that's what his name is his name is gold lewis dickinson i don't know if you guys saw it but my favorite meme about his name is someone posted up that one old like Jalico baseball game where they made up all the American names? You've seen that picture before, right? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, they just yeah. said Gold Lewis Steve Dickinson, McDangle. and they put that picture up, and I was like, Bob Doug Knight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, some all-time classic names in that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, anyway, it's a genius name. So we talked a little bit about the character last time because yeah. he's like in the story mode. Brock's an expert in that, and he gave us the complete rundown, uh, which yep. we really appreciated. And then as we were doing the show last time, they showed him off for the first time. So we were like speculating and, oh, what's this about? And what's that about, like live on the air? Well, no need to do that anymore because they have released him. Yes. Now he's out and available to play. And he's been out since basically midnight-ish, uh, our time yeah. here in, in Pacific. Uh, so it's it's been a while at this point. Have either of you guys had time to test him out yet? Let me tell you. Last night, I was asleep when he came out. This morning, I got up and worked. And then I ate dinner, and now here I am. So, nope. Sure haven't played Guilty Gear. Okay. okay. <laughs> I messed with him for about an hour before the show started. So what about like 3 o'clock today? I got to test him out and everything like that. And uh, I'm I'm not sure I, you actually streamed yourself messing with Gold Lewis Dickinson earlier, right? I'm yes, gonna, sir. I'm just gonna start off by saying I think he's really well designed. Like he's okay. he's like you know in this behemoth typhoon, you know, like with all the different behemoth typhoons he has, they're really really picky on how you're going to be able to land them without meter. And that's the part that's really interesting to me. Like his, you know, horizontal swingy wall bounce kind of thing. And then people are saying my audio is a bit low. Is that right? Or am I okay right now? 
You sound fine to me, but okay. I don't know what they can hear. Let, let, us, let me know in the chat if, if any of the audios are a little bit out of whack over here. Okay, some people are saying it sounds okay. I'll just move the microphone closer to me. But, you know, the, the, the straight one, the half circle forward that wall bounces yeah. you, for example, combos off of, like, nothing except for 2H. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of situation. So if I even just do close slash into 5H... Like, nothing combos off of it except the half-circle back ones, and those always lead to nothing. Like, to, in order to get, like, really big combos, you have to get, like, the 2H into the Behemoth Typhoon. So maybe landing raw ones, you'll be able to get some cool stuff going. But, like, I feel like they did a good job kind of figuring out how to balance th those moves a little bit. So... You know, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Like, I feel like he, he's a guy who can potentially drain 90% of your life. But at the same time, I feel like landing that is not necessarily... Oops, I forgot to click on update timer. You are right. So let's drop okay. this down a little bit. I feel like um, he might have trouble landing the, the big hits for the damage. That's all. So that's kind of the... The thought process that I have early on. I haven't fought him. I haven't seen any matches with him. So I have no idea if everything that I said is completely wrong. And it turns out that you can spam jump D until people die. You know, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I enjoyed him. I thought it was cool. I think he's got an interesting mix of, like, immediately obvious and accessible things to do. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, things where... It's not that it, like, takes you a while to be like, what do I use this for? But it's more like when should I not do the immediately obvious things? And then like, when do I add in this other stuff? And that's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a longer project. So I like that. I think that that's a, that's a cool mix of attributes in a character. As far as the hit, the, the inputs go. So I'm playing on a stickless and I actually have this along with my keyboard. Like it, it's just an extra uh, <laughs> little side numpad that I almost never use. Because I just don't use the numpad. I always uh -huh. use the little top row for, for numbers. You're using but I have, that for reference. I have it, but I'm actually using this for reference. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually right here. Numpad notation, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's actually super helpful. And, and I wish I had been doing it before. But it's it's not, I mean, for, for the other things that you do, you don't need it. Like, I've done in my brain enough. I know, like, what is, what is quarter circle and half circle and DP. Like, I know what these motions are when it comes to... Um, uh, number notation, but four eight six was something I just have to keep looking up, like that kind of stuff. Eight right. eight four two, I just I have to be like, huh huh, like every time, uh, and eventually that won't be the case. But right now, that's definitely something that I am yeah. doing. As far as the inputs, right? As far as like actually executing the inputs on a hitbox or stickless in general. At first, it was really tough to do some of these. Again, some of them are obvious. Like we've been doing, if you play on hitbox, you've definitely done a, hit a, a half circle forward right. and back, like for sure. And and you've probably done what is basically a tiger knee uh, motion, right? As far as like two, six, eight, uh, like you've done that stuff probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you probably haven't done four, eight, six, right? That's right. just like some motion that just rarely comes up. So that. I'm pretty sure you haven't done it for sure. You don't. You don't know what I do. In my I'm absolutely positive. You've <laughs> never done it. And uh, and so that motion just feels weird on on hitbox at first because it's just like an order of your fingers and thumb right. that like yeah. just doesn't really uh -huh. come up. Uh -huh. So um, I think if I had a stick, it would be really easy. I think that would be no problem at all. 
But at first it was difficult on Hitbox for me. That said, within the hour that I was trying him out, by the end of it, I was doing him pretty consistently and it no longer felt like it was a big deal. So I think that it's not gonna be a big deal moving forward. And it's not, for me, it's not a big deal to do the 360, the 720 and the 1080 for his super to do more damage. Right. Because I already do 720s in other games, and that's something I had to learn over a long period of time that I felt was really difficult for a long time. But thankfully, I'm beyond that at this point, and I can do them pretty easily. So yeah. it's I've already put in the work in in advance for that stuff. I, I just I I felt like all the people who were like, "Oh my gosh, Hitbox users are going," dude. I never thought for a second that it was going to be harder for Hitbox players. People play on Guitar Hero controllers. People play on you know steering wheel controllers like one of my listen steering wheel was made for gold lewis (laughs) absolutely that controller was made for this character the thing about it is like one of my friends he plays uh first person shooters not with wasd but with wsed i don't remember which column is up and down which column is left and right but that way he makes it so he can hit diagonals a little bit easier or something like that i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me but that's just the thing is once you get used to it your brain just gets used to it it's that's just how it is right and so i just once you practice gold lewis's moves enough it's not going to be a problem in my opinion i just i just never felt like hitbox users are going to suffer with it and you know from your experiences it sounds like that's definitely the case i think that's true and, and in so, fact i just want to add one thing is i actually feel like hitbox users might actually have an easier time using him because a lot of times what i just have the natural habit of whenever i try to do quarter circle forward this has been a problem for me for a long time i naturally over exaggerate the motion so i never miss it Right, So a lot of times when I do quarter circle forward, I end up doing half circle forward to almost straight up to hit buttons and to do that because... That's some hap American arcade joystick yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It doesn't really work that well, so I really got to put it in. I mean, like when I try to do Potemkin, for example, when I try to do Kara, Pop, Kara Mega, back Mega Fist, I come out with Kara Potbuster... Like, even though my I, my brain is saying start at down, but I'm starting at forward, like, subconsciously because I just do that. And I've always tiger need a lot of my special moves because that way if I hit the button early, it's still at the right time. You know, it's weird. Like, I do this. And so sometimes when I've been trying to do stuff with Gold Lewis, I'll accidentally hit go to up and I'll actually get the wrong special move, you know, and... I think on Hitbox, there's just a lot of accuracy on there. So I, I actually think Hitbox might be a little bit better for him. But that that's all. That, that's yeah, that's what I want. I hope that all the Hitbox players suffer. They are getting what they deserve. We will be absolutely fine. As far as, how the, again, how the character plays. So I like a bunch of the stuff that he has. I don't know that he's the character that I want to use personally. That might not be the case. But I think that he's he's got a lot of interesting stuff nevertheless. Like his, the way that he pressures with these different typhoons or with putting the helicopter on instead, right? Stealing the turn to put the helicopter out right. uh, or instead doing nothing and going for grab or doing rather than just like canceling a button into Behemoth Typhoon, canceling it into jump cancel into the air version of Behemoth Typhoon right. or into jump kick or whatever. Like he's just got, I feel like there's a lot of different variety in terms of how you can pressure with yeah. him. And and that, that seems cool. That seems interesting to me. As far as the neutral game goes, I mean, he's he's slow, but also in a sense, he's not as slow as I kind of thought that he might be because he doesn't have a double jump. 
but he does have an air dash and he does have a ground dash that's a run and that's pretty it's slow but like those exist in ways that they don't for a couple of the other big bodies in the game right so he's, right. he does have a little bit extra mo mobility compared to them in that sense and he has the minigun that i don't know how great it is but it's an option from further range maybe if you're just trying to create some space for yourself and he can do the the super that locks them down from further well from anywhere but including from further away and, you know and you can do the helicopter if you have level three you can follow it in so i i feel like there's a bunch of stuff to do i don't really have an opinion yet on like how good i think he is i haven't played him in a match yet right i've watched some people play and he seems like he's got pretty reasonable <laughs> range and options and he can go into pressure reasonably well but listen, you know he doesn't listen, he doesn't I've have heard... fast defensive tools he doesn't have a dp like he may be stuck in some of those situations right. i've heard that gold Lewis dickinson is the worst and i've also heard that gold Lewis dickinson is pretty okay <laughs> i haven't heard anyone say that they think he's broken or anything yet okay okay but those are those have been the the hot the yeah. hot takes yeah, he's all right and he sucks. A, a lot of characters in this game have had the buzz on them that they are super, super good. <laughs> yeah, and, and a I lot mean, of characters have had the buzz. That, yeah, I mean, and a lot of characters have had the buzz that they're super, super bad, too. I mean, you know, Chip. Only a couple. Dude, Chip, when he first was playable, like in betas and stuff like that, and right when the oh, game that came out. Count. That was before it came Everybody out. was like, Chip is bad. And, you know, and then he turned out to be fine. Now oh, he's man. now some people think he's the best character in the game yeah. right now. Yeah, Tenso right? thought he was really good. Vaya thought he was really good. Like, I right, know. yeah. Right. It's just, it's one of those situations. So, I mean, just give him time. I mean, the nice thing about Gold Lewis is that he's very unusual and he's very unique. And I think yes. that, and because his archetype doesn't fit anything that we've ever done before, we don't know what his battle plan is. When I first played Potemkin, I was like, oh my god, this move Garuda is probably just going to be a gimmick. You'll probably never use this move. It doesn't look particularly helpful at all. <laughs> it's oh. only the best special move in the game. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not denying that, dude. Wow, like, yeah. It is definitely like top three, potentially. Um, and also the basis of like my entire gameplay with the character now, you know, and uh, we'll have it'll take us a while to figure out Gold Lewis. But I mean, I, I again, I just like a lot of things that design like level three weapons is really strong, very, very strong. But level one builds up significantly faster than level two. So it feels like it's like maybe twice as fast to fill up level one or maybe i should say level two takes twice as long yep. or maybe even three times longer I, I haven't calculated it but like you really have to wait to get to that level three and so you have to have this decision of whether you're going to go for the level twos more often or go for the or try to save up for the level threes for a hail mary get in satellite super or you know or you know helicopter bomb thing and I don't know. I, I think though. I think, like I said, I I'm really impressed with how he's designed, and I can't wait to see how people use him again. Like David said, I don't think he's gonna be a character I'm gonna play, uh, but he's super cool. I I love the uniqueness of him. I haven't seen anything like him in a fighting game, so I'm curious to see how it's gonna play out. I guess I don't get that sense myself. He seems to me like he's a fairly. He's he's got some unique tools in the sense that his the way that his inputs work. But I think if his inputs just like weren't on regular special moves, then there wouldn't be anything that strikes me as like new, like fun. And he seems like he's 
he's a he's a good pressure character is I think what I would say. Right. But you know, he's just somebody who's hunting for frame traps and he's and he's trying to get in there and he's got his little like slow sonic boom on the way in and um yeah. I don't like none of that to me strikes me as like really well, breaking the bounds of stuff that I have so seen before. For but example, it does seem like it could be fun and interesting. I mean, for example, his best combo moves are the half circle ups and right and like his fastest like his really uh he has two lows off of Behemoth Typhoon. One of them has absolutely no range. The other one has more startup and actually has range, but that one has to be done from up. So those things can't just be done yep. from the ground. But, you know, as the game keeps going, people are going to find ways to hide their, you know, the, like whiffing punches to, to, to get access to ground moves and stuff like that or yeah. figuring out how to do because I, I can't I can't just throw out half circle forward over top you know with with gold Lewis just willy nilly but it's a great move and it's like I said it's one of his best combo moves so you know I'm just really curious to see how that kind of interesting limitation in execution right you're right if they just made it all natural inputs he wouldn't be interesting as yeah. interesting, but the fact that four of his versions of his moves are hidden behind this ability that you can't do on the ground, I'm, I can't wait to see how people are gonna figure out how to get around that kind of thing. So, yeah, when I was testing, I was doing the whiff button into 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 putting those special moves in, right. and I was I was trying to treat it like a 360 uh, or maybe like a 720, mm. where you you do have to hide them. So that's yeah. something that obviously you as well. Like we're we've done that in other games. It doesn't feel like <laughs> right. unusual. Yeah, um, and and, I and, do, and I, for him, as far as like playing uh, uh, timing when your inputs actually come out, you can actually wait quite a long time. You can mm -hmm. press like up, then forward, then down. Like it's not doesn't have to be fast. You right. can actually have okay. quite a quite okay. a wide window in that to make them happen. Yeah, I I do want to address one of the things that someone said in the chat. Faultless defense does not work because faultless defense is canceled by ups. So if you actually try to faultless defense, as soon as you hit up, you jump. Like, you can't lock yourself on the ground with that. Whiff throw, maybe, but whiff throws... I mean, if it was Street Fighter V, yes, whiff throws. But because this is not Street Fighter V, whiff throws does not work. So honestly, uh, standing P has been the best way to hide yeah, the, the motion right now, uh, as far as I can tell. Which is probably why it whiffs over a lot of standing yeah. characters. Interesting. Interesting. Could mm, be. It's almost like they intended that. Yeah. Weird. Could be. Exactly. Interesting. And and yeah, I mean, I, I was doing training mode versus Gold Lewis Dickinson. Boy, the guy's not a small dude. And uh, my 5P is going over his head. So, you know, it, while he's ah. crouching. So, for sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. I, I'm just, like, really curious to see how that's all going to play out with him. Super, super excited to see how he goes. So. Anything else to say on him as a character? Uh, his win pose is the best win pose ever. I don't know if you saw the win pose yet. So no. the win pose, after he beats the guy, the camera pans out, so it zooms in on him. But he always gets a phone call, so he turns his back towards the, away from the opponent. And is like, huh? And starts talking. And the opponent gets beamed up in an alien abduction beam of light. And you see them going, ah! And they even make noises like, ah! Into the sky. And then he turns around and they're gone. And he's like, what the heck? Like, depending on what he says, like, it's a different conversation. Like, he, he says He also different. has 99 different win quotes. 
based on the time that the the timer ends. Are so you serious? Ends. Yeah, I'm dead serious. Someone dynamite that? Dead serious. No, I mean people were showing what? videos of it yeah. on Twitter yeah, of like out. if he wins at 78 or 77 or 76 or etc. All the way down, he has different voice lines. Holy crap! That guy earned his pay. Whoever yeah, did, whoever yeah. did his voice earned his pay. <clears throat> I mean, did they really expect you to be able to kill someone in 99 seconds? Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe it starts at like 70 seconds right, or something like that. But yeah. it's a ton of different voice lines. I mean, he can kill Chip with one super by itself if Chip throws the fireball and he does the full If timer is infinite, he thinks his watch is broken. I hope that's real. That's, I hope that's I, actually real. That'd be I amazing. hope that's real, too. That's, that's awesome. so uh, cool. Man. I love little details like that. It's really cool. That's amazing. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, he seems cool. Again, he just came out today. Check him out if you're curious. Like... Basically, everybody on this website is playing him right now if they're playing Guilty Gear. Right. So you have a lot of opportunities to check him out. Uh, as far as the other stuff that came along with him, so it wasn't just that they put in Gold Lewis Dickinson. They also did some patching, but it was very light, and there wasn't any balance changes that were like balance changes. There were some bug fixes right. to a few characters. Uh, other than that, they just did stuff like in player match in network mode made it so like players can queue up as spectators even when there are no players having a match at a dual station which makes it easier for people to do streams and the like because they can just hang out like on the station even when nobody's playing which is pretty nice so good spectators will no be no longer be kicked from the room after a certain length of time without making any inputs same kind of thing right you can just hang out there uh as the streamer which is really helpful um supposedly fix some other issues with how the connections work so it's really just more that kind of stuff than actual gameplay changes yeah i might actually try to go back to running the lobbies on thursday again see if that actually works (laughs) i think that would be cool i'd really like to try that out nice if it works uh man but let's let's talk a little bit about about what you guys would have wanted to see along in in that patch did you want to see a more detailed character balance patch is that something you're already angling for uh no no it's too soon uh Saul needs changes but everyone else is questionable like we don't really know enough i don't think like we need we need more time um i didn't expect to get any character balance changes in this Mm. patch uh i expect more like month two like the end of month two I think maybe with the next character that comes out, that's that's when we'll get a, a real balance change. Uh, but I was hoping that they would fix the communicating with servers because, man, I just the, the amount of time I communicate with that server more than most of my friends. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> that is a hundred percent true for me. Oh, it's ridiculous, man. man. Uh, yeah, those are those are pretty bad. What about you, James? Did you want anything? Um, so I do feel like they should have put a balance patch out there. Um, okay. So here's the thing. The competitor in me says, no. No, they didn't need a balance change. It's too soon, obviously, right? We're still learning the game. However, the uh, other side of me now, which I'm always thinking about casual players and appealing to people and things like that, yes, they should have toned down Soul Far Slash a little bit because uh, he's he is driving people away from the game like he's literally and like 
the memes are out there. I mean, you see, I mean, even so much to the point that at Big Levo, one of the top eight players, so sick Nash fan, got listed as a Soul player in the poster instead of a May <laughs> player, right? I mean, so that's how dominating Soul is. I mean, look, there's just so much, like, Soul is. You know, we had that conversation before where Soul, is he as strong as Third Strike Chun? Probably, but everybody else is Urian, Makoto, Dudley level. So it's not that right. bad, right? It's not that bad. And again, some people are even thinking that Chip might be a stronger character than Soul. However, tournaments are being pretty dominated a lot by Souls, and when Soul, when you watch him play, it's it's not fun to watch. You just punch, 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 punch. I don't you know? agree with that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speak for yourself. I love so, watching the, again the bad guy up there. Again, I think he looks cool, man. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But like I said, from a casual viewer standpoint. You know, this is a brand new game. This is a game that has a lot of traction. It's attracting a lot of people. It has a lot of attention to it. And I feel like that's something they should have addressed just to make it so it's not as clearly, obviously strong so that, you know, people can... Because like I said, I, I see a lot... Some people are just like, I can't I can't deal with this character anymore. You know what I mean? So do you, like, you mean people who are watching or do you mean people who are playing? They don't, both, they don't do both, it. kind of like in a, in a, but at a more casual level, and maybe even some at the little bit of higher level, but more in a casual level. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I think people are kind of tired of fighting against them. That's kind of the impression. I guess I'm okay. I, I guess I'm surprised that people who are who are at a more casual level mm -hmm. are worried that Soul is too good at the casual level because I don't know that that makes sense to me that like he's obviously better at a casual level. The stuff that he's I mean, really good at is like he does a thousand damage, and <laughs> that's really hard. I mean, it's not honestly the most executionally difficult, but like if you're at a casual level, that's probably not happening. So I don't know. That surprises me, but okay. I, I, think I, I would just argue that at a casual level, you don't care about balance patches. Like in my mind, if you care about balance patches and winning and losing, then you're beyond casual. You're, you're trying to be a competitive player at that point. Well, right, well, yeah. Like I, I imagine this being more maybe like at a mid-level where like some people right, do have okay, their combos okay. down yeah. and then and then maybe not like the rest of it, but like, you know, they have the combos down at least and they get right. to do... I guess, yeah, you're, you're right. I don't mean like floors one through three and, you know, floors one through four or even maybe one through five. I'm thinking more like six, seven, eight kind of range. Mm. But for the casuals as well, I think it affects the viewer experience as well, you know, because you just sit there and watch Soul. And then whenever Soul does his thing, commentators are always going to make soul jokes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just, it, there, I, I, I just think that there's a lot of negativity associated with it that I think could have been fixed if they just nerfed a tiny thing from soul. Like, just make it so his far slash has worse frame data on block. That's all. Maybe he loses his turn on block. And that's it. Because he can still frame trap you by canceling it into heavy punch anyway. Uh, but at least he has to cancel into heavy punch. So if you guess right and block... You block the heavy punch, and then you can try to get out of there at that point. That's all. Like I said, from a competitor standpoint, from my standpoint, I don't care. I don't need a patch. I understand, and like I said, I know that like even in Japan, people think Chip might be better than Soul, you know, and Chip very well could be more toxic to fight against. Uh, but like I said, I just feel like as a, you know, from a game health standpoint, I, I would have liked to have seen at least a minor tweak. That's all. And maybe just that. 
just the one tweak and change nothing else. That's all. So. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want one yet. I think I have the same perspective as Tubbleware. I don't want one yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, same. But like, I think we all think that whenever it comes, they should nerf Soul very slightly. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be Soul doesn't need to get blown up. Blown up. No. He shouldn't be blown up. No Alakunes, please. A couple of things about him. That's all. And then maybe if that's not enough, maybe okay, you try and again in, in another few months or whatever. Just like take it slowly. There doesn't need to be a blow up. Mm-hmm. He's a cool character. He's got a lot of cool things going on. I really, I think some of his combos look super sick. I was playing against my buddy the other day, and he was playing Soul, and he had some really cool conversions. And I thought I was like, oh, nice pickup on that. You were like really aware. I have to just, I died in those rounds because he did the combo. <laughs> but like that was, uh, it was cool to watch, I guess. So I hope that nothing big happens to him. And when it comes to everybody else, I still feel like there's not, it's not time yet. He's the only one that I would want to make any mm-hmm. changes to right mm-hmm. now. So that's that's why I feel like just let's wait a little bit and see how it goes. Maybe they make him better. Like, who knows? Classically, people think that Argus is terrible at this, but right. um, hopefully, hopefully not. And for others, um, I just found out of several days ago that... Uh, like more info on how Faust's fro works and like how the uh, how people trying to escape under things with six P can't do it if they have yeah. fro on. Like yeah. stuff like that's being figured out. And I don't know if there's gonna be a lot of more like really in the weeds stuff like that that'll be figured out, but people are improving with characters, so yeah. Yeah. in my I view, mean, still give it a little bit of time. I mean honestly, I think probably the only real buff that's deserved right now is for Potemkin. Because Potemkin is a super fair an honest character in this game as all grapplers always are he has to play such honest footsies in the game and he has to work so hard because every other character has all these cheap special moves and uh, Potemkin clearly doesn't have any good special moves in the game at all whatsoever so you know I think um, we need to you know justice for grapplers that's yes give Potemkin a green hand there you go <laughs> he doesn't even have footsies if you think about it like he's dude, not playing footsies he doesn't need footsies dude he's, he's just doing other stuff Potemkin's yeah, so I mean, good in this game obviously he's good I know yeah, I know yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I still think Axel's good, and I haven't run in, into any characters that I think are terrible, nor seen anybody who I think is terrible. Some who should probably get buffs, but like you know, in terms of what they actually need, let's wait a little bit longer. Hopefully, they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. And any other? Oh yeah. Moving um, on. No, well, while, a... we're, while we're talking about this, oh, did you have something else to say on this? No, yeah. I'm just saying there's someone in the chat whose name is Otsukeki. And I feel like he's been in the chat for a long time. I've seen that name forever. And now now when I see it, all I can think of is, Otsukeki! Otsukeki! Oh, man. So I feel, I'm, I'm sorry. I Otsukeki, apologize. James, okay? I apologize. We'll, get, we'll get the info on that. Okay, uh, in addition, before we move on to the next one, according to an interview with Comunidad Arc System Works, they are going through the verification processes for crossplay. But there are still many practical issues like schedules and the running costs of matching servers. It will take a little more time before we can make a concrete announcement. So that's in the works. We suspected as much, but there is a little bit of info letting you know that that is in fact the case. And yeah, I mean it's great. It's great. I mean, I I actually didn't expect it to be honest. Yeah, I I didn't didn't expect it. it. Oh yeah, that's why I cross bought. I have it on PS4 as well. You know, like. I, well, if I would have thought that crossplay was coming, then I, I wouldn't have bought it. 
Yeah, I didn't expect it before launch, but there have been some signs like since launch that they've been talking about it a little bit here and there. So. I, yeah, I must have missed it. Uh, so anyway, that's going to be happening. No announcement on that in terms of timing or anything like that, but it's, right. I guess, something that's in the works. I mean, what's, okay. coo- what's cool about that is it, it just makes it sound like that they are definitely looking into doing all, like they're willing probably to look into upgrading in the game with a lot of things. So, you know, For sure. I really honestly feel like the lobby is probably like one-tenth what they were hoping to have made it by the time the thing came out because whoever pitched it was like, here's my grand vision. This should take no time. And then they discovered that it would Dice take K. all the time. Dice case vision. Dice, Dice case vision. vision. Yeah, exactly. All right. We move on to talking about CPT NA East 1 or Street Fighter Five on the Capcom Pro Tour. Oh, we'll talk about the tournament just a little bit. I mean... Just a little bit before we then we talk about the actual reason that we're doing this in the second position here because t- typically we do tournaments later on. Uh, SF5 results won by Punk. He played Karen and Vega and Ken, and it was him versus Idom in Grand Finals, Laura and Poison, and it was a really really good Grand Finals. You know, if you're interested in Street Fighter Five at all and you haven't checked that out, I really recommend it. The top eight in general was really good. Mandrake had some really really good matches. Yeah against a bunch of people. Arturo Sanchez, like, didn't lose. He lost in the very first tournament round and then made it all the way up to fourth place overall. And he, like, lost one game in doing so until he got just blown up by Mandrake. Very, very John Choi. It was wild. It was wild. Anyway, a lot of, lot of good stuff, a lot of different characters. I'm so glad, There's by the way. All over the East Coast. I'm so glad, by the way, now, he's seeing Arturo tweet out, Dalsim is cheap. Like, that That makes me happy to see, so. <laughs> Dalsim's good. There's no doubt about yeah, it, man. He's super good. The character's super good. All right. Uh, here's why we're talking about it in the second place position uh, for the show tonight. So after the tournament was won by Punk, what we do on the CPT is we invite the winner on to give an interview. And, you know, we ask about, hey, how did it go? What do you think? What's coming next? What else is new in your life? Whatever we talk about, you know, it's just kind of shooting the bull with friends, basically. It's more or less how it goes. Uh, but when we were talking with Punk, uh, among other things, Punk said that, oh, well, I asked, let me say it like this, I asked, Punk, what's your game plan for training for Capcom Cup going to be? Because there are going to be so many good players in Capcom Cup, <laughs> killers from all over the world. How are you going to approach that? What's your What's your game plan for training for it? And he was like, I'm just going to play Guilty Gear. <laughs> that was nah, I'm going to just play Guilty Gear. <laughs> exactly. And further than that, he expounded that he... Is, he says that because although he really likes the game Street Fighter V, the online play is really bad. He doesn't want to subject himself to the online play. I mean, did he say that? that? Did he say that part right there? I mean, the phrasing, I don't remember exactly, but, like, yeah, it was basically... That's that's what he said mm-hmm. in whatever... What, it's not verbatim, but, like, more or less, yes. Uh, so, that was picked up by a bunch of people on Twitter and actually, like, a bunch of news websites. I've seen it, like, all over... Uh, <laughs> various gaming related and esports related news websites too talking about this moment of like oh player talks about other game on one game's mm-hmm, stream mm-hmm. right afterward uh what do you guys think about this and was that out of line was it cool 
Props to him. Like, what? What's your take? What's, what? Where do you fall on this? Dude, more power to him, dude. More power to him. I I think it's fine. I mean, it's look. The net code for uh, Street Fighter Five is look. The the best way I'll put it like this: If Street Fighter Five did roll back net code correctly, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus would have roll back net code. That's just like there's so much responsibility on Street Fighter Five for ruining the perception of rollback. It is basically... Imagine if it had Gear Strive netcode five, six years ago. Unbelievable. Like, we live in a different time. There would be no anti-rollbacksers right now. I mean, they're just... They they wouldn't exact. They wouldn't exist. You know, it is because of Street Fighter V that we have people who are anti-rollback. And that... That hurts me in deep in my soul, you know what I mean? And so, like, you can't really fault Punk for saying that the lag tilts him because it does, right? I mean, it's it, it can be frustrating to deal with. And you play Guilty Gear online and, like, I've, like, okay, yeah, you're going to run into a match every once in a while where it's it's the connection's not good, but, like... Outside of that, like, I played some dude in Germany, and it felt like I was offline, dude. Like, I mean, come on. And, 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 and I just think about that. Every time I always think about that. If Street Fighter V had perfect netcode when it came out, Grand Blue Fantasy versus would have rollback netcode. Like, like, it literally would. Like, I just feel like that that's a thing. And it, 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 it's... So for me to have Punk kind of say that kind of stuff, you know, look, we're just going to be honest in the FGC, right? We, we got to be honest about that kind of thing. So I, I Someone didn't... in Capcom office right now is sitting with the commentary death note, and it just has, like, Sejam's name crossed out in the writing in J.C. Hensor. Yeah. Dude. That's, that's your career, James. I'm sorry. It's that's done. Okay. Dude, Sejam even... hold that grudge now. Sejam even said that on his stream. He's like, Capcom's death note, they crossed out my name and wrote Punk's name I'm in there, you. and now yeah. they're writing my name Punk, and now it's James Jen. Yeah, yeah. all of you. Yeah. You're done. Uh, I So, the way I feel is Punk doesn't know Capcom shit. Like what? What does Punk owe Capcom? He, if they, if if CPT wants to give interviews to people after they win, they're gonna say what they want to say. I, I, I just don't. I, 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 I don't think there's a right or wrong in this situation. I think Punk did what he's allowed to do. Like he, he felt a certain way. He expressed it. I'm not gonna like give praise for him being real. Like that's all he uses being real. Like I think that's how people should be. I don't like when people brown nose game devs. I think it's stupid and awful. Uh, you don't have to be an asshole about it. And I mean, like, he was snide. He was a bit snarky about, oh, I'll just play Guilty here. But also, he gave the message of, look, I, I, I want to play your game, but I can't. And, like, that's, that's like how I've been with Sam Show. I really want to play your game, but I can't. So I'm going to be pissed off about it until you fix it. And I, I think Punk had every right. Like, that's his livelihood, man. That's how he makes his money. That's – I just – I don't know, man. Imagine remoting into your work every day and you do data entry. So you have to do X amount of things per day. But you're on, like, this super laggy system and it cuts your ability to perform by, like, 30%. You're going to be pissed off because your numbers are going to look bad. It's going to be reflected upon that. And that's just what Punk is. He's clocking in. He's putting in his hours. 
but he can't play to his maximum because the net code sucks. So I think he was totally in his right to, to say something about it. Uh, for context, he now lives in Florida these days, but he actually went back up to his family's house in Philadelphia to play from Philadelphia because it's got a better connection versus <laughs> other yep. people in the tournament. It was a very like Northeast heavy top eight, which is, you know, the New York area just has a lot of strong players, and that's right. kind of how it went. New York, New Jersey. Did tomorrow. you guys see his mom popping off? With oh him? yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, that was so good. That was sick. Yeah. That yeah. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> My punk was like, "Hey, don't say that." <laughs> yeah, so she like, went too far, oh. and he reined her in. Yeah, she, yeah. She's, oh. punk reined her in, dude. It, like, think about that for a second, dude. It was oh, so good. Man, I was crying, laughing when that I saw that. That was so good. Sure. I don't know if she yeah. didn't know that he was still streaming or something. You know, like uh, I, I'm sure she knew she was up there going off right like looking in the camera like yeah oh, we're the man. best she, i think she was yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah i mean it, in terms of my reaction in the moment like you can see my face kind of go like mm, like i have like wide eyes kind of <laughs> and some people interpret that that to mean like oh david's like mad that that's what punk said and in reality i was like that's in my internally i was like that's hilarious that, <laughs> that he said that like, on screen <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shay. I mean, you have one of the commentators right here in the middle of your screen. I don't think he was too offended. Yeah. Oh, did somebody think that I was offended? Uh, Shay on said the commentators oh. themselves might not have been upset, but you're you're here. I'm here. So yeah, I, mean, I can tell you that I'm not upset. Yeah. Uh, as far as I mean, so before we do the interviews, like the people who work production talk with the player who won, and they're like, "All right, like don't say, don't be a jerk, you know, don't say anything that you would." live to regret or whatever like don't make other people mad like right. whatever the, whatever spiel is that you give to somebody who's about to be on camera like it's not punk specifically but like that's just what right. they that's what they do mm -hmm. so um so i didn't like have an expectation that there'd be like real gnarly stuff coming out of them or anything and and i don't think that i don't think that this was uh uh i mean i understand the perspective of course like i it's not great online I do kind of think that we like overstate how bad it is because it's not as bad as as many out there. But it's not also, as bad as it once was. It's yeah, and it's not nearly as good as others. So like by yes. comparison, I get it. Like if you're playing Gear or you're playing Street Fighter Five, the difference is clear. It's obviously clear. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I don't know if it's like on on the one hand, in terms of the the results for Punk, I don't really expect anything to happen from Capcom. I think I'd be really surprised about that. And if they do, um, bummer for like everybody, I think. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's actually like really bad. In fact, for Punk, like people have been like stoked that he said it, and it might actually have positive benefits. <laughs> people like go to his stream more or like listen to his YouTube videos. Yeah, or yeah. More. Uh, so Punk anyway, did like, exactly what he should do. One hundred percent. And and I I do want to have I do want to have plenty of space for the players to be able to express themselves mm -hmm. again like with within some bounds right. you know i don't like but yeah to me my my personal perspective was that this did not you know violate any any bounds in that way yeah. so i, I mean i thought it was i thought it was fine i think one and of the fun. things that the, one of the main ways to look at it and eyedrop is, is is saying this in the chat and i think there is a little bit of context that has to be added and he kind of mentions it dude 
we've been talking about the net code for five whole years, right? You know, and while it's had a little bit of improvement, we had a, a, a fan-made patch that made it the best that we felt like it ever was, and they killed that, right? I mean, like, there is a little, like, if it was something that was, like, an issue that was for one month, you know, and then Punk came out and was like, I'm going to play Guilty Gear because of this one-month problem, like... You know, maybe, yeah, it's out of line, but this is just one of those things that this has been happening for five years, five and a half years now, right? And it's, it's, it is frustrating to deal with that because we've been saying since season one, since season two, like, rollback works. It's implemented wrong. People who have worked on rollback netcode were like, here's the exact problem that you are experiencing. We've run into these same problems. We know exactly what the bug is. We can fix it. And, like, it just, it never happened, right? And it's, it is it is a frustration as a player to have to deal with. And, sure. like you said, though, it's weird because I still would rather play Street Fighter Five online than half the other games because most of my connections are pretty good, you know, yeah. but it's still, it's like, there is frustration there, so. Totally. Um, as for, oh, I drop, uh, first of all, good work, congrats. But second of all, um, he says, uh, I do think we as the players should demand, uh, I drop made top eight just for clarification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think we as the players should demand some kind of communication from the devs because we've been protesting the net code the exact same way with no response from them for years. Well, that's the response, right? Like that, the response is the no response. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. I mean, they're not getting back to you because they're not going to do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, SF6 has good net code. I feel like I, I expect it. If it's not if it's not good netcode, even bigger blow up. Because I am telling you right now, I expect it to have good netcode. If it doesn't, big problem. You talking um, about Street Fighter Six? SF Six. Yeah. At yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. it'll come out. It better have good netcode, right? But as far as SF Five goes, it would be awesome if they changed that. But that's not going to happen at this point. Right. That that ship has surely yeah. sailed. I, one of the things that I've said before too is that you know uh, there is a lot to be said about buying goodwill you know, having developers and stuff like that buy goodwill. But for a product at the end of its life cycle, it's probably not worth buying that goodwill. Uh, but for something that's coming out brand new, it's definitely worth it. And so if Street Fighter Six comes out, that thing had better have immaculate like yeah. netcode. Like that thing had better have immaculate netcode. And I have a lot of hope for it because honestly, the last year and a half of Street Fighter Five has been amazing. Like, the stuff that they've been doing have been super top-notch and just in terms of quality of everything, you know, like, Dan just being awesome and, you know, even just, like, the commercials that they're doing for them are cool. Where is Oro? Yeah. Great question. Great question. Where is Oro? Oro is probably in the doldrums of Japan being in a state of emergency for the last while, I imagine. People are probably right. I thought this was America. I want instant gratification, damn it. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. There, there's probably, uh, I've, I've had some people say this, and I think they're right about this. He'll probably come out Evo Weekend. How much you want to come out? He's, he's going to come out Evo Weekend, so. Okay. You know. So mid-August. Yeah. Yeah. All but right. it might well, be him and Akira at the same time. Who knows? So we'll, we'll see. Nah. No way. No way they release two at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else to say on this one? Uh, there was. Some... I, I don't. I should. I should clarify. I haven't heard of. I'm not aware of any like negative feelings or response by anybody who was in production there at that time when it came to what Punk said. I haven't talked with anybody in Capcom, 
but I haven't also seen any like indication right. that they are mad about it. No, I know we're, we're out of time here, but I do have to ask you, David, because uh, and Tubo actually, because when I was watching the grand finals, uh, I'm just going full sports center analysis mode here. Do you guys agree with me that you feel like it was a mistake for Idom to go back to Laura? I felt like if he had stuck with the uh, poison, he probably would have taken it. He was up 2-0 in the second set with Poison, which he had just won like five straight with. Uh-huh. And then he switched to Laura, and he lost the next two games, next next three games uh-huh. uh, with Laura. Yeah, of course it was a mistake to go to Poison. <laughs> I mean, to go from Poison to Laura, right, of course. Right. Okay, okay. Punk said so, too. Yeah, I mean, he killed his own momentum doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bad Absolutely. move. Absolutely. Pretty weird. He would make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, right, for sure. Uh, and he and he did make that character change, although in the opposite direction, when he won Capcom Cup over Punk. So. Right. Yep. I mean, he switched to Poison, and Poison won. So I feel like Poison's the right character. I mean, I mean, maybe it was just a a point of pride for him. Like maybe, maybe. he wanted to prove to himself he can beat Punk with Laura. Right. I wonder. I don't know. Oh, Idrop says he even admit- admitted that that it was the wrong call. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, all right. Cool, I guess that's it for this. So, you want to take a short break and yes, get Dacid Bro on here, and we'll talk yeah. with him about Strive, etc.? It's absolutely. So, when we come back, it will be Dacid Bro, and we'll be talking all sorts of cool video game stuff with him. Be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tuesday Show. We are going to bring on our guest for today, and that is, of course, Mr. Dacid Bro, a.k.a. David Brolite. How you doing? Hello. Welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, well, well. Another <laughs> David comes on <sighs> the show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not David I thought I had a monopoly on this name, but it turns out I don't. You never do. Aren't you a copyright lawyer? Why don't you copyright your name already? Genius. I love it. Let me talk to the thousands of other Jewish lawyers named Ultra da- named David who work specifically Ultra on David, copyright. Yes. Yeah. Maybe not Ultra David, but there's many, many other lawyers out there named David. I mean, look, I'm on gonna, copyright specifically. I'm going to say this. You know, I mean, obviously, he uh, wasn't somebody else typoed your name as Dacid, so maybe we could just leave you as Dacid at this point. So That's absolutely right. And, and about right. the David fight i mean they had a fight for joshua just the other day that's right so that's right. all the davids in one park grab pool noodles just bang it out it'll be so cool a bunch uh, of davids banging it out <laughs> it'll feel right. well uh we brought you on to talk about a bunch of stuff uh let's talk about your i mean i always think it's cool to start out by talking about people's backgrounds and how is it that you found yourself getting into fighting games then getting into them enough to actually get into tournaments and playing them competitively. Yeah, so I made a big mistake a long time ago, and I, I was playing Smash Melee when I was in junior high, and then I decided with Brawl coming out that I was going to get into t- tournaments. Then I quickly realized I didn't actually like Brawl, so I jumped ship, went over to Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger, and picked the worst character in the game, um, or maybe <laughs> second worst. Yeah. So that was also a disaster. But then he got buffed in CS1, and I had a, a, a track to top 380 bone. So that was where I really started because I had all this, you know, uh, ahead of time time spent on this character that was now ridiculous. So that was uh, that was where it all began for me. 
Okay. What was it about um, your, or maybe, you, so, okay, you talk about Melee. What got you into Melee in the first place? Yeah, that, that game was just amazing. I mean, there's no <laughs> way, it's been said to death by now, but at the time it was just this ridiculously good fighting game. And even when you're 11 years old, you can just feel it, right? It's it's just this awesomely responsive game. I picked yeah. Marth, so I felt great. That's, I didn't know anything right. at the time, yeah. but you wow. know. What luck. Even at that point, you can tell just hitting the F smash button, right? Like that's a ridiculous mm. character. Um, so yeah, I got hooked on Melee and, and I was playing that game for a long time after it launched. Was there uh, something about like the the competition aspect that drew you in? Or was that something about the strategy of it? Like what, what side of it hooked you into fighting games? Yeah, I was always very competitive when I was younger. And, you know, I didn't get a lot of video games competition from my, my brother. I had a strong sibling rivalry, but he gave up on the video games part of it really early. <laughs> so I ended up, you know, like just reaching out to anyone that I could fight. And I, I just, you know, kept becoming the the biggest fish of like ridiculously small pawns. Right. And then I, I, I went to an offline tournament for the first time and I got murdered, you know, and, and that was where oh, I yeah. was hooked because i was just blown away by how much better these people were than anyone i'd ever fought before mm -hmm. i just didn't really mm -hmm. think they existed at that point yeah, you just so don't that think was that... the yeah i was about to say you just don't think they can be that it's one of my favorite things is when you find out how bad you are at a game like when you know what the potential is for game one thing i do want to mention um we are aware a little bit of the audio issue for those people who are listening to this on podcast so we apologize about that but just wanted to make sure that we are aware that, that we are aware of that situation right now so. one thing okay he's oh. gonna take a break i think okay try to, try to make something happen yeah that's a classic story though. all right we'll see mm -hmm. if it's any better i saw someone say it was explicitly clipping that's where i can do something with uh so we'll see if that's any better Okay. So that's, well, that's a really classic story. I, I know a ton of people, including myself, and I think everybody else on this show, who have had that story of like, okay, I'm good among like my brothers, and I'm good <laughs> among like the kids in my neighborhood. And then, you know, like it gradually gets a little bit bigger until you're like, oh, actually, I'm terrible. Like that finally happens. Yeah. But that's what that's what drags <laughs> you in. Like that is actually the moment where you're like, oh, this is, I want to yeah. spend more time doing this. Yep. Yep. That, you know, it, it, it immediately becomes something more worthwhile to you. And, and especially that time i was really looking for something to care about and i i definitely found that in competitive gaming nice. and it became a motivation to chase through the most apathetic years of my life and it really helped me get my life on track Dang. interesting wow cool. now now what's interesting is obviously there's also a lot of people who might know you more for your marvel 3 play uh than you know your blaze blue but would you say that, like, deep in your heart, Blaze Blue is still the game that, you know, that speaks to you the most? Uh, definitely not, actually. Uh, Blaze Blue is very far from the games that I enjoy now. And, and it, it's <laughs> actually because it's, like, too competitive and it, it's, 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 like, it's so reactions-based in a way that is not fun for me to optimize. It's an insanely skillful game and there's so many interesting matchups in it. But man, I, I feel miserable trying to learn how to play Blaze Blue. And it's no fault of the game. Uh, it's just not for me. I actually really like the way that Guilty Gear moves, where you're optimizing. You know, right now it's a tighter list of matchups. Uh, you're optimizing for a huge hit confirmed. So that matters a lot. You know, risk context, uh, you know, converting the right big hits early in the combo. I really like that kind of stuff, where I'm changing based on my specific opponent. What is happening in the, in the, the specific match that we're playing? And 
I, I love it when novel things are happening and, and I can invent something even in, in real time. Those are the ways that I like to play. Huh. But before we talk about Strive specifically, um, you know, James talked about Marvel. You, you've played other games as well. Talk, talk to me about your evolution in terms of, of what you enjoy and how you came to figure that out. Yeah, I, I guess I had to have a lot of terrible experiences where I realized far <laughs> too late in the game's lifespan that I was making some some type of big mistake, whether that was the character I was picking wasn't strong enough, the character I was picking wasn't tailored to me. Uh, maybe I had to even try to figure out that the characters I like to play and the characters that I do well with are not even what I currently believe. It was just this, this ridiculously <laughs> long journey of finding out the tools that I appreciate and, and the tools that, that work for me specifically, not just you know what's good for people. What do people think is good? It's what works for me. And, and in the end, I came to realize I need a reversal. Like on a character that I'm <laughs> trying to play tournament level, I need a reversal. I cannot do it without one. And that's, I think, the biggest realization. So then in Persona, I played Akihiko, which I thought was a great idea because now I've got a reversal. It'll be fine. He had no neutral tools that could help him win in some matchups. So it, it was just this this constant discovery of like, uh, it, it all comes back to pick a top tier. It, it really does. In the end. <laughs> if you want to win in tournament, you got to pick a top tier sometimes that's not the goal and it's okay to deviate from that but if i'm not picking a higher top tier character with a reversal i don't expect good things from myself in tournament anymore <laughs> and it's kind of as simple as that sometimes you don't need to do well in tournament but if you're planning to do well in tournament get yourself some good tools no well, so, one expects the carpenter to show up with no tools you know so but oh, speaking of you know doing well in tournaments you know would do you think it would be fair to describe you as the Justin Wong of Catherine, who was like undefeated at first in the that Justin game. Justin Wong of Catherine. Yeah, wow. you know when that game when you guys started one. playing in it, you were undefeated for like so many tournaments in a row, right? So you yeah, know, uh, the history has changed there um, <laughs> at, at some point. So around 2017, a guy named Shaz started winning, and he did not stop winning at all ever. So. It, it, uh, my personal experience with that game has changed so much since, you know, uh, people were talking about it, 2015, it's 2016. Chaz. It's Shaz. Shaz is, is just ludicrous in, mm -hmm. in that, that game. game. No, so, well, I mean, you know, you, you talk about a legendary player. I'm thinking Shaz. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I mean, obviously there's no reversals in that game, but like, what was it about that there game? Are. There are reversals. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I mean, what so, is... Uh, Typically, uh, Catherine Classic has a way to interrupt uh, the dive kick chain. So there is, in fact, literally speaking, a reversal in that game. Oh, uh, cool. Not awesome. Catherine full body. Now, what, what, what is it about the reversal specifically that you want? The, you can have top tier characters that don't have reversals. That's not unheard of in games. What is it about that thing that you like? Yeah, I, I've noticed over time that I am particularly good at picking apart any minor bad habit. So even right. if that bad habit is normally a good thing, like just doing a media on my knockdown, if you do it the same way every time, I'm going to start to pick up on it. And I can pick apart people's good plans with a dragon punch in ways that I can't if I don't have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a cool thing to say because that... That's different than how many people pick their characters. Even even the discussion of like, I want a top tier character. 
then people might say, I want a top tier character that has pressure. I want a top tier character that zones. I like the top tier character that does command grabs, whatever the archetype, right? You're not, you're not thinking about it as archetype. You're thinking about it as what complements you as the actual yeah. person playing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's very similar. I mean, honestly, another player that I've heard say very similar is Gamer B. Gamer B has said that he yeah. never wants to play a character without a DP. So, you know, maybe a very similar kind of mindset right there. Huh. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's, that's pretty true. cool. So, like, chart chart that process in terms of your <laughs> your picking of characters. Like, at what point did you realize and, and did you, like, notice immediately that that was helpful? Yeah, I I definitely picked up on it when I started to play Akihiko in Persona, and I was was getting just superior results to what I was getting with uh, you know a, a weaker version of Bang. I kind of thought I needed a mobile yeah. character, a character that could cheat neutral, because that's just what I grew up on, so to speak, in tournaments. Mm. Because I was playing Bang for as long as I knew. We jumped over to a new game. I, I picked up Akihiko just sort of on a whim, and I realized with this defensive tool i can do so much damage to people's you know like i said good plants when they're doing things right and i can still interrupt it that is really appealing to me and you know after that i realized it should be a better character than akihiko because (laughs) there were so many nightmare matchups in that game and uh i guess to talk about modern fighting games leo is an amazing fit for me i I didn't realize it during exert you know early on i didn't understand how good he was but Man, in Strive, he, he is an amazingly powerful character. He's got a reversal. He's got great neutral kit. It's just like a, a dream come true character for me. So, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about Strive. So you you have experience let's talk about it. a bunch of different games, right, over the last, sounds like 15-ish years, quite a, quite a while at this point. A uh, dozen-ish years, maybe. When did? I think it's yeah, 12. Like yeah. 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 Anyway, a while. Uh. How, how did you approach Strive even before getting into like choice of characters, yada yada? This is a game that's coming out. We all know it's going to be a little different than the previous gears. What was your mindset going into it? Oh, geez, it was so easy for me. I saw the Leo trailer and I was just like, I'm home. <laughs> okay. it, was, it, was, it was the easiest thing I've ever done in my entire life. You know, I was just, I've already played Leo for so long and then they show me the trailer and he's crazy in the trailer. He has tools he's never had before. Right. And the system benefits him in such a huge and simple way, and I noticed this right away. In Why Exert, did they give him a command throw? Why did they? Anyways. You can take or leave the command grab. I was ecstatic about it, but that wasn't the key thing. The thing that really mattered was in Exert, you have the ability to air tech. In Strive, you don't. You just hit the ground. Oh, yeah. So when you're up in the air, up in the sky, it was a huge problem for Exert Leo, and it was very annoying and I couldn't ever figure out a way around it. And now I don't have to. If I hit you in the air, it's a huge combo. It, it's just, you know, jump ass, air dash, jump ass. It's probably a corner conversion. You took like 250 damage and you died. So uh, just a major difference for Leo as a character. And that's and that's what, what really dragged you in, huh? Just the fact that you felt like the character, some of the issues for the character were going to be not there anymore? Between that and Blitz not existing absolutely <laughs> okay because but he, i mean he at, but having body over okay. and over again you know he, he he struggled with that parry in in excerpt one what once it got to you know revelator you couldn't um guess low blitz against mid and low at the same time right. that was when leo started to feel very comfortable but now there is no blitz shield 
So, so what do you do against about Brynhildr if you don't have a reversal? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, just hang out. Obviously, very <laughs> early on, you know, we saw Sonic Fox with success uh, using Leo in some early tournaments, and people started talking about as Leo as being one of the strongest characters. Do you feel like Leo is potentially like top three, top two, or anything in the game right now? Something like top four. Yeah, I, okay. I think it would be very hard for me to imagine he's not. And I was saying that as early as the beta, although I wasn't saying it very loudly. Uh, <laughs> I've been through a lot of art dispatches. So, <laughs> you know, I, his kid is crazy. He, he has so many stable matchups. Uh, and if you're, you know, a legendary player like Sonic Fox, you're going to find the right tool in that kit. And like I was talking about earlier, he just has tools on tools and and. and you should be able to figure out something to do. If you can't, it's probably on you. Right. And that's right. In the first tournament that he won, he used those reversal DPs to blow up the Totsugeki because he knew they were coming, right? So there you go. That's the that's that mentality, having a way to blow up someone for doing something right. Yeah, their DP use is really crazy. Uh, the, the flash kicks were perfect. Yeah. What, what, yeah, this Leo's, Leo's a bitch. I hate Leo. <laughs> I've been holding this in the whole time. I just have to say it. I hate that yeah. character. I hate him so much. I would rather fight Soul than Leo, one hundred percent. That might be on you, but um, I hate Leo. <laughs> no, he's very comfortable against May. He's very comfortable against Chip. You know these characters that give a lot of people problems. Right. These high intensity, very dangerous characters. You put a flash kick in the mix, it's very stressful. Yeah, it's not fun for me anymore. <laughs> Especially when the flash kick, like you said, can lead to one touch and then I'm dead. Yeah, the, you the put H, in the flash mix. H flash kick leading to Brunhilder. That is a design choice. I was shocked. <laughs> I was really shocked. Uh, now, you've when, also been... Oh, go ahead, David. Did you want to... No, you can go for it. I now. was about to say, I was about to move on a little bit to uh, Gold Lewis Dickinson here. I noticed that you've been testing him out uh, a little bit and posting up a bunch of advice on him and, and trying things. Have you actually played any matches with him yet? I did. I really have not figured it out yet. So what, what I'm going <laughs> to say is um, I don't get it yet. Uh, okay. But the potential is very much there. Right. I think if you get the offense it's smooth sailing if you get them cornered it's smooth sailing mid-screen i do not yeah. get what i'm doing yet but i have my eyes on a few things so i've, I've just noticed his ranges are a bit uncomfortable when the enemy can move a little bit mm -hmm. away from me mm -hmm. and i'm spending too many frames to try to catch them that's getting me into tr trouble with you know some of the faster things like dolphin or you know just like chip far slash random things um and i have my eye on jump D and jump S as, as big things. Uh, they have 10 and 11 active frames, respectively. <laughs> I'm hoping they will help me control some space. His 5K has a disjoint hitbox and nine active frames, which is kind of unbelievable for just this little stompy thing. Right. He's, he's got some potential. 2S, 13 active frames, disjointed. Th these things all have so much potential. I'm just having trouble with people that have, you know, just snappy right. frame data. Uh, the chips, the maze. Like I, I'm a little worried about them. Yeah. I mean, that being I, said, I see the potential. Yeah, I mean that was the thing. Is like before you jumped on, I don't know if you heard, but I was talking about how I feel like he's actually seems to be pretty intelligently designed. Because even with all the different behemoth typhoons, it's like you don't get to combo into all the big ones unless you get like a true clean hit or spend meter, right? So, and it feels yeah. like his footsies, his neutral, like his neutral buttons aren't 
great. At least that's not that was my assessment. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like his normals, I should say. There's this one range that's uncomfortable when we're right at my far slash range. That's you know a ten frame move with no disjoint. It's it's good. It's very good, but it has an uncomfortable thing where it doesn't convert on air hit. Kind of sends them down and away. Mm -hmm. So I end up wanting to do crouch slash, but that's thirteen frame. That keeps getting me counter hit if I'm trying to do it in a space mm. where I need the startup. So there's just this uncomfortable place where people like Soul, May, Chip, they're all having just a bit better of a time at far slash range. And I just need to patch it up. I don't know. I need to spend some more time with the character. If I can get back to coffin range, I'm feeling amazing because that's a 12 frame startup disjoint. You know, all of these in these typhoons, you will die. You know, <laughs> it's terrible to be anywhere in the behemoth typhoon they're all plus they're all disjoint um but if you if you're just closer than that i'm really worried right. uh so far okay dude why are you playing this character you were just talking about why what characters do you play <laughs> mobility you want you want a dp you want a top tier those are like the three that you just said he has right. Probably zero of those. Maybe zero of those. Two, not for sure. He has a with meter. With meter, it's true. Does he have, oh, he's got he a does. super. Okay, fine. Right, but he doesn't yeah. have. He doesn't have a DP. He doesn't have a flash kick. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, the other thing about me is that I have become very comfortable with just losing. Like I'm, I'm I don't care at all when I lose. So sure. I play like half the cast in Stripe. Okay. Yeah, just to round out my perspective, just to right. feel, you know, what what is good about this character, that character, these characters. Try to, you know, chart a better matchup list. And I don't really mind if I lose some games with Gold Lewis. I'm gonna <laughs> figure it out. And he's so charming. I mean, he, he's so expressive. I, I think that's another thing I really uh, admire about a character is if they can make individualistic choices. And the Behemoth Typhoon <laughs> system is like. I mean, the expression that is bound to come from that is rather high. So oh, I, I'm looking forward to what people do with them. I want to foster that discussion. And I want to make sure that people understand what is possible with this character. And maybe I want to mess some people up a turn with them. We'll see. I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, by the way, I do want to answer this question uh, in chat because I'm sure people like on YouTube and on uh, you know SoundCloud or whatever will probably be interested as well. But disjointed hitbox i mean oh. it yeah i mean you can describe it i mean how would you describe that term uh for people who are unfamiliar yeah so a disjointed hitbox is when i attack here you can't hit me in this in this uh attack mm -hmm. box it's like a sword that you can't hit back unless right. you get to the hilt of it you know you have mm -hmm. to hit my hand not the sword that's a right. disjoint hitbox so he has quite a few of those they're just hidden behind some startup. A character like Ramlethal kind of has the best of both worlds, where it's really fast and it's really disjointed. But then she loses plus frames to make up for it. Right. Uh, unless you're in the corner. You're just dead in the corner. Right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the best way that I always make the comparison, Manat, disjointed hitbox. Dalsum, not disjointed hit, jointed hitbox, I, I guess you could call it. Because you can DP Dalsum's fist. But you cannot DP Manat's orb, so that's the best way, I think, a, kind of a easy way to describe it. Yeah, and that's Axel in Guilty Gear, where a lot of his moves, you can right. hit them. Not all of them this time, but a lot of them are hittable. Right. Uh, so in this, with, with this character, um, do you... 
do you have intentions to use him seriously or is this is this really just like as you were saying you have a bunch of characters that you like to play you like to explore that's maybe part of what you do in games but is this more of like a serious project i'll say i'm taking him very seriously as far as developing him and the jury's out on whether i'll really use him nagaryuki ended up in sort of a similar area where it's like i think against some people and some matchups i am enjoying nagaryuki in tournament but there are some matchups I really don't like to do it. You know, if, if they're playing a fast character that also has a reversal like Chip, even though I could one-shot this, usually I'm not feeling good about the way that plays in tournament. Um, I expect that will happen with Gold Lewis, too, where I'm kind of like, <laughs> this would be a lot easier if I was just playing Leo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that makes so, sense. I it's mean, hard to deny. I... I, I... I'm going to beat myself for asking this question on, you know, day point zero zero one and yeah. stuff. But yeah. how do you feel about Gold Lewis right now? Do you feel like he has the potential to be top tier or do you think he's bad? You know, you know, let's set up yeah. the event, heart, event yeah. hubs Give us your knee right jerk so we can get a sound clip for I event hubs. Let's yeah. go. Uh, I, ha I, have a, I have a knee jerk reaction already. So if I, I did not figure out that you could do a triple low sequence, that's also plus on block i'd probably be feeling pretty sketched out on him right now but with 2k 2d and then the low behemoth typhoon that pulls up back you get mm -hmm. the meterless convert back to a good point blank knockdown that basis i, I posted that on my twitter it, it's in you know clips area um that basis has me very confident where i can show all of these lows and then i can check you with the overhead got it and then all okay. of this is ending up plus so this is just terrifying to me. Right. You know, I, I think about blocking this and, you know, constantly blocking correctly and ending up negative again. It's just that's miserable. Right. right. <laughs> so between that, losing health off of blocking correctly because of all the guard breaks, you know, and then also all the risk that's building during all of this. It's terrifying. Yeah. That's really scary. So the potential is all there on paper. We just have so many matchups to look at, right. you know, and, and the ones that scare me right now are the fast characters or just ones with really scary frame data. And, you know, that includes all the 10 frame far slashes, you know, like souls 10 frame plus two far slash seems like a huge problem to me as always. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the rest of the game a little bit. Um, do you, you know, you, you were talking about the kind of games that you like and we, before we kind of cut you off, you were briefly talking about what it is about Guilty Gear that makes it something that you're really attracted to. Uh, can you can you describe more in detail like what is it about this game that really has you loving it? Yeah, I, it's the accent on counter hits and the accent on, on you know placing your meter in the right spot. Those are the things I love about Guilty Gear. Mm -hmm. Where uh, let's say I'm playing Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is a good competitive fighting game but when i'm playing dragon ball i don't care at all about a counter hit it doesn't mean anything you know when i don't even get rewarded for counter hitting something i'm immediately a little put off you know it doesn't even matter to get that crunchy satisfying interruption i it, like i really want that <laughs> so yeah when when strive shows up with uh, what I saw called in Japan as the fucking big counter. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this. <laughs> no, you, yeah, can, it's fine. you can swear all you want. Don't fucking swear on our show, man. No, it's okay. <laughs> you know, when the counter hit becomes the backdrop for the game, I'm leaning forward a little bit in my chair. You know, yeah. like they care about <laughs> so much that you can't even ignore it if you tried. It's the, the premise of the game is getting the right counter hit at the right time. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Uh, and it, it is so aesthetically pleasing to me. 
and it's so charming to me. Yep. So that's, you know, number one. And then you add on to that risk. Risk is one of my favorite underlying mechanics. I heard it kind of got a bad rap recently. You know, there was a lot of conversation about you don't need to disincentivize blocking even more. I disagree with that. You know, I, I, I like the fact that good offense is rewarded if you block, you're not being hit. But if you're too complacent and someone confirms it right, you you might just vanish from the face of the earth, right? Like, if, if I'm touching you on block for a while and I open you up after that, you don't have your bursts, just say goodbye, you know? Like, you might actually lose 100% of your health, and, and that's exciting to me. It, it, it means that there's going to be a different outcome in this match than usual, and we all know why. It was because it was because you stayed there for a while while I was, you know, rotating my offense efficiently and you didn't find a way out. So I, I, I love that little game. I love that cat and mouse. When should I get out? And and uh, the defender is never comfortable. I love that. Interesting. OK, I mean, I guess as somebody who prefers to have a reversal in your gameplay, this may be maybe related to your enjoying of <laughs> maintaining your turns. <laughs> this game feels more comfortable with a reversal. I will uh, not deny that. Well, I will not deny that. I mean, let me ask you though. I mean, cuz obviously there's also been conversations, you know, early on that this this isn't actually a guilty gear game or it's, you know, uh, you did play a lot of Exert, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? So like, uh, oh, okay. Oh, I can see your visual reaction already here. So I mean, what what do you have to say to that opinion about it? Like, do you is this pretty guilty gear to you? Do you know how many times we've had this conversation about every fighting game? Yeah, every new version of every fighting game. You know, this one's not the real one anymore, or you know, the old one isn't the real one actually, and the new one is the only one. It, they're all just different games, or they have bits of the same DNA. You know, this game has risk this game has counter hits you know it, it, in many ways the yeah. dna of this game is guilty gear and then there's some obvious differences you don't get to tech in the air that pulls it away from all arts titles a bit and towards street fighter titles a little bit and you just you just at some point it's like why are we still talking about like is this the real guilty <laughs> gear it's like shut up it's strive this is just strive it's a game it is another title in guilty gear made by the same people that made guilty gear what else is more guilty gear that's on the market right now right. maybe that's plus r to you plus r has rollback go play it right like who cares <laughs> i don't know it's 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 uh it's tired to me yeah. this conversation is long tired for sure you are not wrong okay uh talk to me about the characters in the game who needs buffs and who needs nerfs in strive it's harder to talk about who needs buffs. I think Anji is a, a popular topic when we're talking about buffs. I think Fujin not interacting well with any reversal is a bit weird to me. Uh, I, I think that is is um, I think that's just kind of sad for the character mood. Obviously, people like Lost Soul are still doing really well with them, um, but maybe that's just because Lost Soul is ridiculous. Right. So I, I don't I don't know. Right? I don't see many other Anjis doing much. Maybe GC Oshi but um, not not much in the way of Anji players. Yeah, I think Faust is being downplayed pretty badly. Okay, let's go. Uh, so I, when I hear Faust needs buffs, he desperately needs buffs. I'm kind of rolling my eyes. He has actually, a, you know, a pretty good matchup spread compared to a lot of other games that I've played. You know, when, when I think about a character that's struggling, 
I've played some games where <laughs> characters are not playing. You know, right. Boss is he's he's very clearly fighting people, and he's just having trouble with some of the crazy top tiers like Soul. You know, right. he he has a miserable time with Lam. Like, uh, yeah, there's there's tuning that could happen, but I mean, I mean when Nage. When Nage is saying he's better than people think he is, and this is a guy who's played Faust at his top level, you know, he would be the first person disappointed, you know, but he's actually saying that he feels like Faust is actually not bad. Yeah, and I think Faust is often very good. In, in most Guilty Gear titles, I've seen Faust mm. as a very high-tier character. I don't, I don't know if he's high-tier in this version. Maybe that's a bit of a, you know, a shock. So there's that, right? Um... I've I've heard people downplaying Zato. That is insane to me. Yeah. People saying Zato needs buffs. That is crazy to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I am offended by the people that say Zato is like, <laughs> like yeah, you know, can't, can't participate. That's an eye roller. Come on, come on, Zato. Like, have you watched Scoble play? And yeah, you know, that, that character is ridiculously good for sure. Uh, yeah, and then obviously the whole meta conversation is skewed by the fact that Soul's too much. He's too much for too for too cheap. You don't have to do anything fancy. You get so much with Soul. So I, it, it needs some work, but this is a damn good first version. This is one of the best first versions I've ever seen Arxis launch, and yeah. I have to applaud them for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think that sounds right to me, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, dude. Well, thanks a lot for coming on and chatting with us for a while. Yeah, it's been fun to been... catch up with you a little bit. I hope things are going well outside of games, too. You know, they really have been. It, it's nice. been a good couple of years of my life. I've kind of, oh, you know, cool. pulled back, uh, you know, publicly. I haven't really been out there that much, but it's it's been good indoors. You know, family life is good. Good. Work life is good. And, oh, nice. you know, on the low, I'm still playing a bunch of games. And Strive has been amazing. So I, I feel like this has been a nice opportunity to reconnect with a lot of people. I've All right. Seen a long real time. quick to make Ultra David mad. What is better, Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue? Goodness. I mean, I got into that a bit earlier they're just very different games i will not <laughs> which one is better guilty gear or plays blue there the are whole series that, the whole thing there are the people whole that find me for answering it and i will not do this oh he's not gonna kill himself for you <laughs> nice no, uh, nice I mean, work I, I hinted at this a little bit earlier obviously it was a typo from somebody that created the Dacid part, but i always like to ask people where they got their handle from like where did the bro part come from and such yeah it's it's funny. So I was on a music set. I was I was like a vocalist in a small band, and they typed up name tags for, for us. And it came back. I looked at my my name, and it was D A C I D, and then Brolite, right? So my last name is just Brolite. And the guitarist, without missing a beat, was like, "That's a sick rocker name. We're going with that for now on." And that just became my name in that band cool. immediately. And then I wasn't feeling very creative when I was getting back into gaming, and I just put it right in. That's it, bro. Done. I like it. Easy, easy. Sometimes people really accidentally cool. land on terrible names that they don't get to pick, and that's not a terrible one. It's cool. It wasn't that bad. We're having no input on it. Yeah, it wasn't that yep. bad. Agreed. And also, just as a little completely random side thing, I always think it's really interesting when I found out that you are the son of one of the guys who was in, at Tengen, and was co-founded. Yeah, co-founded Tengen and was part of the whole like Tetris kind of That's thing right. that happened on the NES. And like I was oh, like wow. I was like, what? And I looked it up and I looked up Tengen and it was like, yeah, 
Mr. Brolite was like, I was like, whoa, that's actually really fascinating. So I don't that's know if that's right. something you yeah. talk about publicly a lot, but I, I think that's really kind of a neat. What James is saying is he wants to meet your dad. <laughs> yeah. <definitely. laughs> it's an I've interesting. No, it's, it, it's come up in conversation before. I mean, it, you know, it's long water under the bridge over right. here. Honestly, and it's right. fascinating that um, it, the, the documentary, I think, that was on the time was From Russia with Love, something about tetris so yes. if anyone's curious about what the hell we're talking about yeah um that's gonna do much better than i can explain because it's genuinely before my time right <laughs> but, all right man pl plug yourself a little bit and then we gotta move on sure so uh yeah my most active social is twitter uh at das bro got the little blue check marks so you know Ooh. that it's me uh i have a partner twitch over at das so, bro, I honestly haven't streamed enough lately. Uh, maybe I'll stream some Gold Lewis stuff soon, but I, I, I never want to turn the stream on. You know, I, I appreciate you guys that actually do this all the time. Dude, it's being so public, hard. It's, it's hard. a lot of work. Yeah. Um, um, and I don't know. That's that's good enough. If anyone has any questions, I often go on Twitter and just you know answer a bunch of questions. I did some huge threads that are just like, what's yeah. fucking you up? And strive. And right. those I think have always been really helpful for people that are trying to play this game and and you know. There are all these obstacles in your way when you're learning fighting games, and you'll notice what they are maybe six or seven years after they were causing you problems, and you just get hit with this this uh, exhausting feeling looking back. <laughs> like, how, how long was this a problem for me, and I didn't even know it? So right. if, if you have a hunch that anything is getting in your way, you're just like, I, I don't know why I can't break through this. Hit me up on Twitter. We can talk about it. I swear, I answer every single question of those because I cool. think it's very important to figure out how to improve both at games and life in general. Yeah, and, 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 and I, I will add to that plug. I've seen your threads. I've retweeted them. I've seen your answers to people. You're very good at, uh, you know, discussing it. You're very good at, you know, e expressing the, the kind of things that help people. So I definitely recommend people checking out your Twitter. So there you go. With the boy. <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, have a good coming rest on, of your night. It. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Peace. Later, Amy. All right, see ya. All right, there we go. All right. We'll Shut catch us. up with him a little bit. Yeah, it's good. I haven't heard from uh, Dasset in a long time. Like, like you said, he's been kind of out of the scene for a little bit. So good to catch up with him and good to see him getting back into the swing of things with Strive. So here we go. For sure. All right, let's move on to five five matchup. Do you have the list? I so that again, bring out the list. Pe people can vote live. Can you make that happen? Yeah. Again, we used to have it be that people would vote in advance before the stream went live, but that can't happen anymore because Twitch made it so that we no longer have access to emails of subscribers. <laughs> yada yada. It just is. We had to change it up. So instead, we're just doing the votes live. That's cool though. Let's start with number one. How much is luck a factor in fighting games? Number two, how would you feel about a game with a, quote, living roster, meaning that as real months pass, characters learn and unlearn moves and their fighting style changes permanently? For example, Soul in season two being Soul after the events of the story while his season one style is lost forever. Uh, are you ready for them to... Uh, I just started the poll now, so you can vote. If you are a subscriber, you can vote twice. And so, okay. yeah, yeah, so yeah, uh, tiny text, go ahead and try putting your vote in again because I literally just started the poll right now. So. Exclamation point, then a number a that number, you want. Yes, and exactly. like James said, guys, if you are a sub, you can vote twice. So put them in there. Smash the sub button, you nerds. 
Yeah, there you go. Three, is it ever fair to be able to cancel into a command throw? Number four, can character aesthetics stop players from getting into a game? Five, what are some matchups between players you would love to see and why? Assume that the player chosen will be in their prime form and that they'll be both that they'll both be proficient at whatever game they go head to head on. Six, in light of Gold Lewis, are there any other body types you would like to see more in fighting games? And then lastly, overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated, and why? Super Turbo, oh, Marvel man. 2, Third Strike, and CVS 2. Alright, just as a quick glance here for everybody, this is the current state Ooh. of the voting, and it's actually shifting here, okay. This is very, oh look at this, 3 is making a run for this. So I'll put uh -oh. the questions back up for people so that they can see uh, and uh, know what they're voting for. <laughs> Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. All right. Let's call it. All right. Give me a countdown. Call it already. Five, four, three, two, one. Mm. <laughs> All right. It looks like that's the it's actually sound of the goal horn. Yeah, I know. Right, I was about to say that's definitely a hockey sound right there. Uh, we yeah. have number one and number five. It looks like that are oh. going to be the winners here. So, how much is luck a factor in fighting games? Okay. Uh, let me get that in here. How much? You is got luck? it. So that'll be number one. How much is luck a factor in fighting games? All right. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I think it really just depends on the game. I guess as a blanket statement, it's a factor. It's a factor in everything that we do. I think it does depend on the game, though, because some games and some characters, especially like it, luck is a bigger deal. There are characters who are like designed for random chance to be part of it. Like Dasta was just talking about Faust. Like Faust is an example where throwing an item just about right. has some element of actual luck and randomness in it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, other games don't have that. But as a blanket statement, which I think is probably what this is getting at more of, I think that it's it's a really big factor. Luck is a big factor. You can't a control. Big factor? Big factor. You can't control what the opponent does. And that inherently means that you're relying on things outside of your control. And I think a great way to phrase that is that you're relying on the luck of being right. You're You're making educated guesses about what should be going on, there's a lot of stuff that you you can have an influence in, but ultimately you can't control this very, very significant part of the game, which is what does the opponent do? And I think that's well described as essentially being luck. So for me, it it is a really big factor. I would like to point out that the Ultra David has said such things as everything is luck. Not everything. Everything is luck. It's all luck. luck it's not luck. all luck. Not you all luck. think you, you, oh my, I can't even, what did we argue about the other day while you were streaming? You, what you was think the word that you chose to use? You, we were making a distinction between, I was making a dis distinction between guessing and predicting. Yes. yes. Which is completely different things. Predicting completely is a type of guess. Things. Completely different things. <laughs> because again, like it, what you're guessing at is an outcome that you can't know and predicting is hoping that it is something that you you don't know but you you know you can make an educated guess but it's like under category guess and when you're guessing at something i think again i think you a good way to describe that is that it's luck 
Yeah. Yes. Everything is luck. If you, if I could create a web of things on Earth that happen, and put luck in the center, everything in your life you could connect to luck. I think I think luck is extremely important. That's true. I, I, I wouldn't describe like, it as I, being I, everything. I know but... I'm giving you a hard time about it, but I, I I don't disagree with you that luck is a factor in certain things. I don't disagree with you that luck is a factor in fighting games. I don't think it's a big factor, not at the highest level. Okay. At the highest level, you're doing things to make sure that luck isn't part of what makes you win. You want to you want to minimize things that are out of your control. For sure. For sure. And uh, that's where predictability comes in and preparedness and all that stuff that I think makes it not necessarily luck that you know, Kazunoko always hits his wake-up DPs. That's not luck. He knows. He knows for a fact what's going to happen and all the different possibilities of why he would want a DP there, and then he executes it properly. I don't, I don't think, think it's necessarily luck. I think it's more of prediction. But you I mean, think a prediction is a guess, and a guess is luck. So again, it's all going back to luck for David. You so, don't need to describe it as being like a fact that he knows. He doesn't know for a fact that the opponent's no, going to get hit no. by this DP. Oh, he doesn't he know. Does. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, fact, actual fact, he hasn't seen the future and can't know. But but there's there's a big gulf between that and then saying that it's that it's random. So in saying that it's just luck, I don't mean to imply that like the players don't have a tremendous amount of input into what happens. Of course they do. Uh, and he's a really, really smart player who makes awesome predictions all the time um, that he can't know the outcomes of, but like he's really good at making these really, really strong, educated guesses and predictions. And that, so even in a world where it's like luck is a big factor, as the person playing, you still have a really outsized role, obviously, as to what happens. It's not downplaying the player to say that luck is a factor. Right. Yeah, we never started that timer, by the way. Oh, okay. dang! I didn't, I didn't change, I didn't change the thing to update timer. That's why, because I had to fix something a while ago. Uh, my standpoint is that I wouldn't be playing fighting games if there was that much luck involved in fighting games. Uh, I've often stated a uh, long time ago, I, I don't feel this way exactly right now, but I don't feel this way exactly, but I don't feel like there's barely any luck in fighting games outside of the programmed luck in Faust and Dan Red Fireballs and kind of things like that. Uh, but outside of that, I don't think there is much luck in fighting games. I don't consider the concept of trying to guess what the opponent is going to do and whether you're right or wrong has anything to do with luck. I don't think that that is... I think that's a separate thing. I understand where David's coming from on that, but I don't put that in the same category as luck because that's still a decision being made based off of two human beings. Luck to me is something that you simply have no ability to make any sort of educated guess or control over kind of thing, right? Like, I've been playing a lot of Teppin. I get really terrible opening hands on some of my decks. Like, I, w <laughs> I have a 50-50 chance of winning when I play this card that says destroy one random opponent unit on the board and it destroys the wrong one and I lose or if it destroys the right one and I win that's luck playing Catan three games in a row and putting a house next to the uh, eight and then the entire game rolls nothing but sixes and then getting a house next to six and the entire game rolls nothing but eights 
And then in the third game, somehow miraculously getting a house next to a six and an eight, and the entire game rolls nothing but fives and nines. That's luck. Fighting games do not have luck, in my opinion. Well, well, then how do you feel, James, when a player who normally doesn't drop a game-winning combo drops a game-winning combo, and then the other player wins? Is that's, that not luck? I, I do think that that's luck. Indeed. No, I don't think that's luck at all. I think that's... Well, then what happened? How would you describe that situation? I failed and, and Tubor is talking about from the perspective of the player who did not drop the combo, I think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm playing David. David's hitting me. He drops a combo. He drops a super. I wake up and I punish him and I win. Uh-huh. I got lucky. I should not have won that. I think the person that's hitting me should have won if they executed properly. So I got lucky that they dropped that. No, I don't know what, like another word to describe that situation. I, it sounds right to me. Uh, I don't agree with that. Mostly because you've also dropped enough combos on other people to let them win. I think that all just kind of circles around and balance itself out. And uh, the reason why I don't consider that luck is because, again, one of my favorite factors of fighting game is human error. And I will always believe that human error is a natural part of fighting games. And the percentage of time that you can keep yourself from having that human error is a skill. That is a talent. If David is going to drop the combo when he should have killed you, that means he should practice the combo more. That's not luck. That just means he messed up. And a well, human. It's not, I'm, I'm not having bad luck. I screwed up. But Tubbower has positive luck. Yeah, that was luck. fantastic yeah. luck for me. Right, but see, I, I don't see it that way because, like I said, that to me is a foregone conclusion that that is going to happen. In, but in, not there, not not there. I mean, at some point, like maybe I'll miss. It's me, so maybe I'll miss thirty percent of all combos I try, and that doesn't. That's not evenly distributed either. Like it may happen. Maybe it happens more in some situations right. than in others. But in any case, like I, well, I kind of can't control it either. I guess to be honest, but definitely the opponent can't control when that happens. Right. Like, that's exactly. not. Right. It's not within your control. Like, I mean, like part is, of the reason is, I stopped playing sports games competitively is because of random penalties that the computer oh, players yeah, would yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I can't I can't control that that's why I started playing fighting games right like, exactly. so I can control everything I do however everything I do isn't perfect <laughs> and I'm gonna drop stuff or vice versa it's like so in my eyes there is still right and the luck other... involved there yeah but and... it's not like it's it's a more controlled form of luck rather than a non-playable character fucking yeah. up your day because and, and, and they had again, a 15-yard holding penalty. See, to me, I just don't describe that as luck. I just feel like that's a different character. Now, category, now do I believe that fighting games have zero luck? Like I said, if you talked to me 10 years ago, I would have said yes. I don't believe that anymore. There's definitely luck factoring in there. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that people are pointing out that I play Super Turbo, the game of actual random damage and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> uh, and yet the same people win Super Turbo all the damn time, right? I yeah, mean, that's well, just... Again, look- Saying that something has luck does not mean that the people in it are like without options. Like, the, of course, yeah, luck does, and luck doesn't mean random necessarily either. Yeah, right. I mean, ra- being random is like a, they're connected, of course, but luck is really just in my mind things that you can't control, and it, among those is 
randomness. I can't control randomness, right. but I also can't control like what you do. You're not a random thing. You're a person who has your own like things that you're thinking, but I can't make those choices for you. So mm -hmm. the way that they come out, I can guess what they're going to be, but I can't know. And so when it comes to my prediction versus your actual action, whether my right. prediction works out has an element of luck in it. I mean, I think but, that's, but again, I, that's, not, that's not to devalue the strategy in it. Obviously, I love the strategy. Here right. I am having played for 20 years like that. That matters to me. See, but that, I also don't want to say that there's no luck. Right. What's well, interesting. So investigation cone says a basketball player hits 95 percent of their free throws. They will miss several in a row at some point. It's a statistical certainty. If they may miss them in the championship game at the end to lose instead of a game that they're up by 30, that's luck. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that because, again, my feeling on human error and pressure situations, like the fact that they missed it in a championship game versus when they're down by 30, your brain is in two very different places when those two things happen. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, I, Nick Anderson, great, I mean, Tiny Text hit the nail on the head right there. Right, you miss four free throws in a row, and all of a sudden your free throw percentage drops to sixty percent for the rest of your life. Right, I mean he just never could get, shake that off. Wow, that to me is that to me isn't luck. But you for the I opposing team, that's luck, right? For for the player who screwed up the free throws, for sure, like he's making decisions are poor, whatever it is in that hype in that hype moment. Right. But for the opposing team who didn't have any control over whether the opponent misses or not, it's that's good luck. Hey, it worked out. Yeah, right? I, I don't see it that way. I, and I think this is really like uh, Mike Lee is saying in, this, in the chat, this is, might just be coming down to semantics at this point because I just don't see that as a luck thing. I, 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 think, I, I think because just because the team doesn't have a control of whether or not the other person makes the free throw, the person still has control over whether they make the free throw. That means it's not luck, right? It's only luck to me if nobody has control of anything. That's how I see it. One person still has to make it in a pressure situation. If you miss it and the team benefits from that, they didn't get lucky. The other person choked. That's not luck to me. You know what I mean? That, that's how I see it. As long as somebody has a controlling factor of whether something can happen, that's not luck. Luck to me is literally RNG. That's how I view it. And I don't think that's the definition that, that, that other people are going with, but that's how I see it. So just because someone missed a free throw, the, the benefiting team isn't the lucky person. If you drop the combo against Tubo, that doesn't necessarily mean that Tubo got lucky. You know, to me, luck is more. I accidentally did down. I accidentally did down two, and I didn't mean to because I was trying to do something else. But my prediction was wrong, and the opponent jumped, and I anti-aired him. You know, that's like kind of a luck kind of situation that happens in fighting games that your misinput actually benefits you. But like, I don't know. I just I don't feel like luck plays a role in fighting games. Like maybe five percent, ten percent in fighting games but outside of that i just don't think it's a factor um at all i think it's more than merely semantic because i think what's ultimately going on is how much you're willing to admit that you don't have control in life and mm -hmm. like i'm i can admit that i think i have a, some control certainly but also like not very much and it's somewhere 
where I'm I'm okay with that. But I, I think even further than that, um, I think I view things as being relational in almost all contexts, rather than like there being some some true world in which there's no uh, there, that is to say a truth exists without being related in any way to anything else. I don't really think that that's right. I think in every case, there's a relational aspect that you can talk about instead that's probably more accurate. Um, and so when you're, when you're talking about like somebody missing the free throw, for example, as not being luck, uh, in a worldview where we're not having a relational discussion at all, um, I guess maybe that makes sense. But I think that that's less accurate than the worldview where things are always relational and you kind of define them with respect to something else. So for me, in that in that context, as the person who didn't make the, the screwed up uh, uh, free throw, my my way to like relate to that is that it was luck for me, that it just happened to work out and I didn't have any control over that. The other person <laughs> maybe maybe had control uh, but also, oh. like, not all the control in the world. And Speaking of control, we're way past time on this topic. We're going in a circle. <laughs> I'm taking control. We're moving on. I'm getting on into the okay. philosophy of it. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. go. Yeah. We're going way too deep on this. Okay. Yeah. No, like I said, I mean, I, 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 just, I just don't see it as luck. I just right. – I, I don't think that's point, – Point made and we can move on. Right. Yeah, we got to uh, go. All right. Okay. What was number five? Uh, the other one. Number five. Well, that was an actual five-five matchup. This was actually kind of neat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are some matchups between players you would love to see, and why? Assume that the players will be chosen in their prime. Wow, that is too much, and I still can't even fix this. Okay, so the full question is: uh, What are some matchups between players you would love to see, and why? Assume that the players chosen will be in their prime form and that they'll both be proficient at whatever game they go head-to-head on. I like this question because I think there's a lot of players throughout my life of paying attention to fighting games where I think, like, man, this if this player was playing up to their, quote, prime form, they would be, like, an all-time genius. But then they just don't do it for whatever reason because they, <laughs> they decide, like, ah, I'd rather not spend my time playing fighting games. I'd rather play garbage characters. Like, whatever is the reason, right? Like, we've all known people like that. So I, th- I think that's cool. But I think what, origi- what, what initially springs to my mind is to match up players from, like, very olden times to players from modern times and be like, all right, like, who wins, you know, uh, players from 1992 or players from right, 2021? Right. Like, I think that would be really well, fun. We, to we see. already know the answer to that. That's not even... I, I agree with you because you're definitely saying 2021. Yes. But, for sure. <laughs> but I'm very curious, nevertheless. I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Tomo I mean, versus. I, I do. I would love to see whoever peak Tomo play because there's like no video footage. It's all yeah, legend. Right. I would love to see peak Tomo play right. literally anyone in Super Turbo. Because I just want to see how good he actually was. I want to know how much of it was bullshit. Because uh, there's got to be a high percentage of just you know nostalgia there. If he I don't was know. The best, and he could beat I mean, anyone again. I just I, I don't I, I can't see him beating like I really don't know. The, again, I've the seen best it. Of the best now. I've seen it. And the thing James about it is, uh, I know what he did. <laughs> It's not an exaggeration. But it was 30 years ago. There's no way it's in your memory fresh. There's no way. 
it was probably one of the most significant things that ever occurred to me in my life. It was like a life-defining moment for me uh, playing against him. Uh, the thing about it is, uh, would he be the best right now? He wouldn't be the best. Would he be competitive with everybody? Absolutely. He would be competitive with everybody. It's just his propensity to learn and his propensity to uh, understand all the things. He was doing everything that we didn't have name for is that we call now. Like, oh, option selects and, you know, all these things like that. He was doing all that stuff and we didn't have names for it. I didn't realize what they were. I didn't realize they were even tactics until now because we have descriptions for it. And with how good everybody is now and with the belief that you could actually make money off of it, I mean, like I said, back in the day, you literally said you had to either play Street Fighter or get a girlfriend, and he chose to get a girlfriend, and that was the end of his Street Fighter career, right? What like, at, at this point in time, that's just not the case right now. Um, literally, Tomo was exceptional. Like, you talk to anybody who has played him, you talk to Watson, you talk to, you know, Gerald, who literally played this guy for hours and hours and hours. I mean, Gerald played against Tomo and then went to Japan and played in the Champion Edition tournaments over there, watched them all play, and he felt like none of them were as good as Tomo was. Right? I mean, literally, these are people who have, like, they're still around. It's not like we're sitting here talking about people from 60 years ago, right? These are people that are actually here. Again, I make no qualms about like, oh, is Tomo better than Sonic Fox or Punk? Like, probably not. You know, Punk is probably a better player than Tomo is overall. But would Tomo be one of the best players right now? Absolutely he would be because he had that ability to learn. And what a lot of people also fail to always remember is just how many damn people were playing Street Fighter 2 at that time. It wasn't like we weren't getting the volume of really high skill back then. Um, of course, this is a question that can never be answered and we'll never, ever, ever know. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's just like, I mean, the best way just to kind of put it is like Street Fighter 4 came out. Everybody started playing Street Fighter 4. All these people playing Street Fighter 4. Who was one of the best people in SoCal when that first game first came out? It was Gutex. Yeah. Gutex was like, hey, I'm super good at this game. He travels to a house and then he beats Mike Watson. He's like, you just don't know, right? And then Mike Watson was like, oh, yeah. you know what? I didn't care about this game. You made me care. And then Mike Watson trained and then he destroyed Gutex. And that's just the thing, right? The, the, the reason why it feels like we're the old school players have just never had that opportunity to f care enough because they just didn't have the belief that they could win $250,000 if you won the right tournament. I'm not accepting that, James, because, like, what was it, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. You were telling us about the old school mentality and how mm -hmm. how much everybody cared because of rivalries. And yeah. I can't accept that they didn't care enough, but they also cared too much. There is, wait, this, what are you this talking about? I mean wait, 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 wait. What? That doesn't make any sense. What are you, what are you talking oh, when, about? Oh, when you were talking about Guilty Gear and team tournaments, uh -huh. you talked about how what you were tweeting was trying to say is we cared so much about these team tournaments back yeah. in the day because uh -huh. of the rivalry. But now you just told us that eh, nobody really cared that much because there wasn't that much on the line. Wait, who so said nobody cared? This is what about... I mean. Wait, no, 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 no. It just, it just came out of your mouth. No, not in that Am I crazy? Context. Did you not just say that? I, I don't remember saying anything like that. 
you, you just said people didn't care as much because there wasn't money on the line. And no, maybe if there was I'm money on the line, about, they I'm would talk- care more. No, I'm talking about understanding that you could keep doing this as a career, right? Obviously, when people were playing back then, the rivalries and stuff like that. What's that? I don't see how that would affect the mantra of the players. Dude. I've seen Bang the Machine. I saw how mad Watson got. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to understand the mentality that was back then. When you were in it, you were in it, but you knew that that wasn't going to last. You knew that at some point in time, it had to end. That's a very different, that's that's what I mean by you not caring. Because you knew at some point it had to end. That's what but I so mean by that. No. And, th- and not but, even necessarily like athletes that make millions of dollars. Even like Olympic ski shooters who make shit for money. They know they can't do it forever. That doesn't make them less passionate. I can't buy this argument. Dude, man. I can't. I'm getting sorry. a gold medal? Getting a gold medal? Beating and putting Japan yourself- from America in 1993? How is that different? That's a gold medal for because you. Because nobody cared. Nobody, the, the world, right, the world, the world didn't care. Nobody well, talks about that. The Olympics, the Olympics literally have a century history that's on TV. People are analyzing it and talk about it all the time. There is literally maybe a percentile of 1% of the people on the planet at that time that played fighting games. You can't compare it to the Olympics. You cannot compare it to the Olympics at all. Well, I'm not comparing it to the Olympics. You just compared it to the Olympics. Did that not just come out of your mouth? That just came out of your mouth. You just talked about the Olympic skeet shooter. That just came out of your mouth. They can't do it forever and they make shit money. So how is that different from playing Street Fighter professionally? You can't do it forever and you make shit money. Like somebody said in the chat, there's no external validation. Who cares? Man, that's that's whack to me. That's so soft. <laughs> Back in the day, we were so tough. That's the softest shit. You need, you need external validation? I need someone to tell me I'm good at Street Fighter? No, come on. Dude, you, we're way off subject. All I, I know, know, all I know I don't, is that like, I, logic doesn't make sense to me. I used to beat Gutex, so I just want to point out that when it comes <laughs> who was good in early Street Fighter 4 in, in SoCal, it was me and a few other people, and only later was it Gutex. All right. I just want to I just want to point this out. All right. <laughs> to answer the question. You can go back really to the old podcast that Gutex did, and he's like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to beat Zangief. I just can't figure out how to beat that character. You know. <laughs> he was talking about you know he wasn't talking about any character all right he was talking about a player buddy buddy ultra right. david young here. david <laughs> all right let's move anyways on. i i to answer the question i would really like to see uh f champ play ryan lv both at their peak that would be- i don't know who would win that's that would be a really amazing match to see in, in Marvel three, obviously, I don't, oh, that yeah. has to even be said. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in some cases it'd be really interesting to see players from different scenes. Like, I would love to see, you know, player from like top level Tekken player versus top level Street Fighter player or whatever, uh, play in some neutral game where, according to this question, they're both 
be magically proficient at whatever. I just I think that would be cool too. I don't know that I have players in mind necessarily. I think for that it's more like I've just always been curious. Like, is which game is is which scene is hardest to win in? And there's no way to answer that. And this is obviously just a magic question, and we can't answer it still. But I think that would be really interesting to find out. Like, if we could do so. Yeah, Ninja. What if Ninja Killer liked Street Fighter? That would actually be super cool. What if Ninja Killer was a Street Fighter <laughs> I, 5 player? Man, I've always had those type of thoughts and questions too. Like, what if Nikki didn't play KI? What if Nikki played Marvel or something? Like, how how does that turn out? Actually, that, right. that yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I just want to see Sonic Fox versus Punk or Sonic Fox and versus Idom in uh in in Street Fighter. Just so people can shut up about, oh, Sonic Fox doesn't actually play Street Fighter, so they aren't the greatest player of all time because they don't play the big game. Whatever. You know, Sonic Fox would definitely be beating a lot of people and be winning if a Sonic lot of Fox Street wanted to be one of the best Street Fighter players in the world, they would absolutely be one exactly. of the best Street Fighter so. players in the world. Like in, in Gear right now, Gear is a good meetup game right now, and we are getting some of these discussions. Mm-hmm. We are getting some. Like, K7 Showoff's a really strong Mortal Kombat player who's been winning and getting in top eight of gear events. It's really cool. Um, Sonic Fox obviously is making that happen. Like, that, that's possible. I don't see a lot of the players from the NRS scene. I don't expect them to do that. But uh, just because they're people who really like Mortal Kombat for the most part. They're just really big MK right. heads. Uh, but I think my personal take on it is that if Ninja Killer played, like, any game, he would be one of the best players in the world at it. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, we'll never know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> not enough time not enough time all right get on this all right uh one of the games that we haven't been able to talk about as much recently uh melty blood obviously all three of us don't really have any melty blood background unfortunately so we can't get into too much details uh but two character trailers were revealed in the in the last week and that was a uh, seal and Ar- Ar- Arquid nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it either. I, le- I read that word and I was just like, nope, not saying it. I have no idea how to pronounce that, but uh, I, think, I think people just call them Ark. If I yeah, know. I mean, when I again, I don't have an experience with the game personally, but when I've heard my friends talk about the character, it's either Ark or Arquid, but I don't even know if they're right. Maybe they're not right. Like I have no idea. Right. But, uh, anyway, they they both look cool. They, uh, I'm not that into the graphics of it, but as far as the animations go and their options go, they look cool. They look cool to me. It's it's yeah, the same, I, same kind of thing as when we were talking about it last week, and how I said like when like before Undernight came out in a way that was accessible to us here, uh, I thought the graphics looked boring i thought it looked washed out and the ui is like really just uninteresting i just didn't think it looked good and then i played it and i was like this game is so cool it's like really fun and interesting Mm -hmm. and i'm absolutely leaving that chance open for this so i'm not interested in it like like audio visually but as far as the characters that's i'll try it out regardless and they look like they have fun options I mean, I know some people who are trying to get into Melty Blood. There was the fan version of uh, Actress Current Code, uh, Actress Again Current Code, I think it is. Um, And uh, there's a fan version out there that they did put put the uh, 
roll back into it and I know people who have been playing it and really having a good time with it and finding a lot of good things about it again you know a lot of similar systems to Undernight and Birth such as the chain combo system where you can chain all six of your normals together and if you have command normals you can even add those you can reverse beat to make things that are negative less negative or even plus etc etc Undernight is an amazing game I mean if you think about it Undernight is kind of like the Soul Calibur to Tekken, right? You go from fisticuffs to now it's a weapon-based fighter, mm. right? Underneath it is kind of that again. There's always the weapon-based and the and the and the martial arts one. And Melty Blood is more of the. It seems like to be more of the brawler uh, version of it. But again, you know, it looks beautiful. Like the graphics are so much crisper than you know the older Melty Bloods. The game looks fast-paced yeah, sure. and such. And yeah, it definitely Animations looks interesting. What's that? So the animations are great. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that I would love to try out. I would love. So it would be something that I would uh, like to see. Uh, will I play it fully? I don't know. There's too many fighting games that I'm playing already right now, uh, as we were mentioning earlier. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, and that's another thing too that I think is that it's, it's important. Is I would love to have this Melty Blood game grow big, get a lot of play, and gain a lot of popularity, just so we can kill the stupid Melty Blood in the bathroom jokes. I mean, I just, I like, it's just not even necessary anymore. I mean, Mortal Kombat was played in the bathroom at a tournament that I was in, and nobody really talks about that, right? Like, it's, it's, it's done. We need to get rid of that, dude. Like, we just don't need to make that joke anymore, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah. you know interested to see where melty blood is gonna go all right let's get to the next one there was another extremely large tournament big levo number two big levo. which had a significant prize pool i don't know what it ended up being but it started out at about a thousand if i recall correctly yeah. and uh it had what was it about 1500 1400 players again uh, across europe and also north america so huge. Each of those regions happened. Hotashi won it in North America with Nago. Second place was Marn with Giovanna. And third place was King John with Soul. And then in Europe, it was actually Leffen who took his own turn <laughs> with Chip. I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time he entered, right? I don't think it entered. I don't think he entered the previous one. Yeah, that was my, that's what I understood as well. Uh, second place was GF Anbi with Soul. And then Zeno with Ram was third. Uh, did you guys check who him out? Who was fourth, David? David, who was fourth, David? Who, uh, okay, it's TLR Mystic with Axel. Yeah, Axel. Hmm. I know. What, do you think I th don't think that Axel's good? <laughs> no, I just want, I just want to point out that Axel's good. Axel as well in North America, yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know who got fifth in North America? Huh? Huh? So sick Nash it fan. Says, it says Sala. Yeah, <laughs> who is a soul player? <laughs> I saw <that>. Axel. <laughs> but... Also, Ferno, who I don't know, but says that they played, yeah, they played May, May as they well. Yes. Both fifth places were May. Yeah. May is good. I'll never deny it. Did you guys watch these? Uh, I watched a lot of America Big Levo. Yeah. But I actually, they went on so late that I fell asleep watching it. Um, the, the smooth, silky voices of Steve and Steven just me right <laughs> but i thought it was super oh, wow. interesting that steve and Hotashi, steve are boring no i, I said they're smooth and know, silky not boring but also yeah they watched the top boring. 64 
Top 64 had the Dulcet. I did actually watch you, James, and I commented it in my other group chat. It was great to see James and David commentating on the same day. Yeah, it it was the Dulcet tones of myself and Ringe uh, at Levo. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually Yeah, I actually did watch that. That's how I started watching it. I think it was like Top 32-ish I tuned in. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I went to my bed and turned on the TV and... Like three matches in, I was I was dead yeah. in top eight. But no. Hotashi and Marn also yeah, took uh, top one and two at yeah. NLBC in the same day. So Hotashi uh, had to beat Marn in grand finals twice in one day in two different tournaments. Yeah, wow. The first time, Extremely impressive. I think the first time he got knocked into losers by Marn and then yes. actually won in grand finals through the reset. And then at I Levo, exactly. he won by just staying in the winner's side the entire time. I mean, it, it's and that's interesting. That's a Yuki player. Yeah. I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of Marn's history with Guilty Gear. I mean, I know there's the meme that Marn killed Guilty Gear, but you know, he he uh, uh, again one of those memes that we just need to abandon at this point in time. Funny enough, it's meme that Otachi also killed Guilty Gear. Is <laughs> so it? the two death, yeah, it's in his or it was in his. Uh, Twitter profile for a bit. Yes, I killed Guilty Gear. Oh my god. So, the two killers of different generations of Guilty Gear taking each other on in strive. We are truly seeing the communities coming together. There you go. There's our, there's our dream match of a classic player versus a new player. There you go, right? So, and, uh, yeah, so there you have it right there. Um, uh, what was I say? Oh yeah, but Barn has a long history with Guilty Gear. He's made top eight at Evos before. I remember this because I put him in my Evo DVD trailers and stuff. He was a very strong uh, Zato player a long time ago. Uh, now using Giovanna here, obviously, because Giovanna is super good. And you know, obviously, you know, as we were discussing with Dasset Bro, that Zato is such a terrible character in this game, right? Yeah. So, um, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the whole thing about it is, uh, I mean, it was it was just cool to see, and 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 it's just it's fun to watch, and and again, just kind of not only is Guilty Gear bringing people from all the different scenes, but it's also uh, kind of bringing back a lot of the old school players as well, and I think that's kind of neat, and uh, we're getting that kind of a a little uh, matchup conflict kind of thing, so. Sounds good. Well, um, let's move on then. Okay. So I didn't watch any of the big Levo, in part because I was actually doing Street Fighter commentary both of those days, Saturday and Sunday. But also in part because I was catching up on the archives for a Cooperation Cup Special First to Ten, round number two, in Street Fighter Three Third Strike, which was, again, super cool. Man, it's fun. I didn't watch all of it Friday night because I just fell asleep. I couldn't. I couldn't hack it. I was really. It was really late for me. So then on Saturday and Sunday, I kind of like spread out watching the remainders of them. And yeah, I loved it. Did you guys check it out at all? Uh, I saw zero of it, which is actually rare for me. I don't love Third Strike, but I do love those exhibitions well the tournament normally right but yeah the exhibitions the last two years um yeah I, the highest level of third strike is amazing to watch so i'll watch it eventually but i haven't caught it yet okay 
I did watch most of it, actually, because it was during a time that I'm normally awake. Um, <laughs> so I actually did end up watching most of it. So it was good stuff. I, I think I had it on the background while I was working on some other stuff. But uh, as usual, I mean, good matches. And uh, I mean, it's just it's it's crazy when you watch those character specialists like Perot like do his thing with Remy and it's just it's like Piero Remy is like Piero is one of those players actually who I'm curious like how things would go if he was just like you know what now I'm a top level Guilty Chung, Gear Strive yeah. oh, oh, okay, oh what Guilty Gear. right no, yeah, like, yeah. He switch because he's such a genius it was on right. Game Newton mm. Game Newton yeah he's he's just one of those genius players like these these games Third Strike ST VSAV like those games all have their like longtime geniuses who just like managed to make terrible characters work. And it would be cool to see them in a game where there weren't terrible characters, you know, or where they like they could play and, and play against bigger pools of competition, see how that would go. I'm, I just anyway, we'll never know. But uh, shout outs to TMQ who beat Fudo Yang uh, 10 to 8 in their set. That obviously to me was the highlight, but. I thought it was really cool watching uh, Shirokuro, who was a really strong Chun, because I like watching Chun Li, and he seemed extremely good. That was cool. Was that the um, one that he blew up Tomonagi? Tominaga, yeah. Tominaga, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did they play Shirokuro? Because uh, Tominaga got blew up by a Chun Li. Yeah, I we, think it, I think that was right. Yeah, yeah we know how good he is uh, with Makoto, and like I said, yeah. he got blown up so yeah that was uh indication there of tears of, of in the game yeah yeah, yeah matchups i should say matchups more than tears but yeah uh match goki versus piero remy was a was a big highlight i thought that was cool that, that was a lot of good stuff so if you're somebody who likes third strike at all i highly recommend checking it out game newton is the twitch channel and also they have a youtube channel too where they put the archives up so check them out um We'll have a little bit more on that in the upcoming stuff. Ooh, a little bit more. Uh, let's talk about the next thing. FAT gets Strive. That's correct. The frame data application, FAT, now has info for Guilty Gear Strive. So check it out. They they make a super, super cool app that's really handy. There you go. You already got it. Genius. I was pulling up here as well. So there you go. And and have you used it much? Like, what's the utility of it in your mind? Uh, it's fantastic. It's just as good as all the Street Fighter data. It's yeah. really cool. Super easy to use. Gives you all, everything you need. Um, I can't believe that fat is free. Mm-hmm. Not fat free. But you know what I'm saying. I thought you were going to go there, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, uh, obviously very, very useful. Uh, I don't consider it, like necessary like I do for Street Fighter 5 but it's definitely good to have the information uh, just to clarify things so uh, I'm going to be using it all the time just to double check certain things so uh, having that available to you I definitely recommend everybody picking this up because I think it's uh, extremely vital to have uh, this information at your fingertips that's like one of the nicest things is being able to have this kind of information exactly where you need God, Garuda has 11 active frames. It can be like plus 30 or something, dude. Yeah, it's wild. No, if it hits on the 11th active frame, it's plus 30, dude. And so, yeah, go. literally Garuda into Garuda is a true block string as a result. So there you go. Yeah. 
sure yeah. is. It sure so, is. Yeah, when, then, I, yeah. when I play Strive and I'm at home, I have a browser window open to Dustloop. But when I'm going to go, when I go uh, play with friends, whenever that happens next, I'll definitely have uh, the app open as well. I'm, I mean, I just find it super useful for commentary to make sure that I don't say anything stupid. For sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, totally yeah, yeah. For commentators, it's it's absolutely necessary. But um, uh, FAT... Matthew, they don't have an official donation page. Um, I don't remember the handle of the creator off top, but he definitely put out a PayPal you can send money to. But Dark Onion, that's what it is. But I think it's like D four RK Onion or something like that right. on Twitter. That sounds right. And yeah. another but... thing, another thing too to mention is that there was a little bit of dra- uh, drama going on with it because. Uh, people, when he put out that PayPal, he, which he's never done before, uh, and people started donating to him, uh, people from the Dust Loop site got upset because they felt like he was taking their information from Dust Loop and making money off of it because they did all the research, etc., etc. And then Dark Onion then donated all of the money that he got on the PayPal to Dust Loop. And I can't remember Dust Loop, which is run by uh, Tragic, uh, aka Fight Element. Uh, I don't remember if he refused the donation or something, but like, like it was a lot of drama. But uh, both uh, all he, parties. He didn't scrape it anyway, right? I mean, I thought he. What's that? Right. He didn't. He didn't scrape it from Dust Loop anyway, right? I don't know. I don't know where he got the information from, to be honest with you. Yeah, so. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, Track tweeted about it and said, well, it doesn't matter who gets the info. It's gonna Somebody's going to get it. And it's right, gonna exactly. So. It's, it, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is there was some drama with that, but I think it's hashed out between everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't scrape it from Dustloop anyway. Yeah. All yeah, right, okay. whatever. Let's move on. Check it out, though. It's a super cool app. Good work. Briefly, on Virtua Fighter, they have a feedback survey that you can give to them that you can fill out for them. And they're just looking for, like, whether you've played it or not and, you know, your feelings about it. Yeah. If, if you have played it, PF5 Ultimate Showdown, then... And actually, they say in the tweet itself, even if you haven't played it, please fill out the survey. So I would suggest uh, if you do have the time, take a look at it. Uh, the survey does ask like a lot of questions about rollback. It's very, very netcode focused. And so I think they're interested in hearing from people who haven't played the game as well, like how important is rollback netcode to you? Because if you haven't played it and you say that it's important then they'll be like, well, then maybe we should add it so that you will play it kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and I mean, they've they've also talked about in, in interviews and such how they wanted to use rollback and things restricted them from being able to do mm-hmm, so. So mm-hmm. if there is a Virtual Fighter 6 on the way, you know, probably fill out that, that survey if you care about that game at all. They're going to want all the backup they can get to show to the higher-ups, like, we need this to make our game work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else to say on this? No. But definitely take a look at it if you get a chance. And if you have the time, please fill it out. Let Sega know, like everybody else, that uh, rollback is important. (laughs) 
Okay, well, let's talk about some stuff that's upcoming. So this weekend, there will be Capcom Pro Tour for specifically France, Spain, and Portugal, which is a really specific and cool area that they like are actually like really being very specific with these smaller spots, smaller regions, so that hopefully the net code will be okay as they are playing. So good work on that front. That's going to be this weekend. There's also going to be the Cooperation Cup Vampire Savior first be, yeah. exhibitions. Yeah, and even if you're not somebody who likes or even knows anything about Vampire Savior, I really recommend checking it out. It's going to be, again, on twitch.tv slash game newton. It will be at uh, 1.30 p.m. Japan time on the 31st. So that's... I have no idea. I think it's, what is that, midnight-ish? You said 1.30 uh, like Japan, Japan so maybe like Friday night our time, time to PST. So that would be 9.30 a.m. Uh, the previous day. So you said it'll be on a Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Saturday or Sunday? On Saturday. On Saturday. So that means Friday. it would be... Uh, 9.30 a.m.? Oh, no, no. Let me see. I think so you're thinking... Just type in 13.30 p.m. 13, yeah, yeah I think that, I'm just doing fine. this wrong. Yeah, it's 9.30 p.m. the day before. Yeah, that sounds right. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, just as an FYI, uh, thanks to Twitter, I got in contact with Matsuda-san, who runs that, and said that he told me that uh, English restreams are allowed, and so I will be restreaming this on Friday night at 9.30 p.m., uh, doing uh, commentary for it. Uh, so if you do want to watch some fun Vampire Savior action, uh, follow twitch.tv slash jchenzor and that's where it'll be. And I'll, I'll, I'll be doing some commentary for it. They have, uh, I think, is it every character in the game or is it just like almost every character in the game? Because I don't think they have any repeats on their lineup either. I think it's just... Oh, it's I like, didn't. I don't. I don't remember. I'd have to. I, 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 I hope it's no repeats. I'll be. It's sick. in. It's in the run of show. If you're curious oh, about yeah, who's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, One of the matchups is going to be Kame versus Chikyu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, talk about talk about who Chikyu is. Yeah, Chikyu, aka Chikyu Sodom. Uh, they call him that because of his Alpha Three play. He was the best Sodom player in Alpha Three, uh, but he's been playing fighting games. Freaking forever. I mean, this guy's been playing fighting games for basically his entire... I mean, when he was at EVO 2002, you know, I knew him. We all knew because I was a Sodom player. He was, I was a big fan. He also played MVC2. He did really well in MVC2. He was an, an Acarus player in MVC2. He was super good. And then someone told me that EVO 2002, I believe it was, that he was 42 years old. And, you know, keep in mind, this is when all the oldest fighting game players in the United States were, like, early 20s or late 20s. That's what's, like, the oldest. And so it was like, my God, he's 42 and he's still... One, he doesn't look 42. Uh, two, I mean, we, we just were amazed that anyone was still playing fighting games at that age. Which probably means he's close to 60 now. Which is kind of... I mean, if he was 42 20 years ago, then he's... Yeah. I would think 62 and don't forget he was also now that i remember yeah i mean mike lee says that his stick his shtick is that he likes weird characters remember he won evo when it was b5 in cvs1 with raiden 
against Jason Nelson in grand finals. Hmm. And he won it by watching Jason Nelson throw out a bunch of crouching medium kicks, and then he did roll into 720, and it caught him, and he died. Like, he, nice. like you could do offensive heavy kick, and he would stomp on the ground and stomp Guile's leg. So he walked up and went, stomp, 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 roll super. And Jason Nelson froze just long enough because of that, and he caught That's him awesome. with the 720, and he killed him. And, uh, yeah, so Chiku Sadam, uh, even if you count B5 as an Evo, Evo former Evo champion as well. So I don't know any of the other players that are in it, but I assume that they are all like long-time top-level players too. And again, it's just a really fun game to watch. Every character is really different and unique. The art style is gorgeous. Entire entire two out of three matches can be posted in one highlight on Twitter. Like the two minute and 20 second limit, you could probably have the entire two, two out of three match. That's how fast this game is. That's like the one thing I always want to tell everybody when they come into Vampire Saber is how fast this game is. It's so ridiculously fast. Well, I noticed a player named Ho, so that's who I'm cheering for. Who who does Ho play? Uh, the purple vampire guy that was in Marvel. <laughs> Jetta. That's Jetta. his name. Good old Jetta. I'm pretty sure it's Jetta. Hoi. Yeah, that's Jetta. No, that's Jetta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, all right, and then the last thing, last tournament that I wanted to point out was that Mortal Kombat New Jersey is happening this coming weekend. It's, it's a really strong sick. local. You haven't put that up, have you? No, I did not. Well, I didn't put it on the stream, no. Let me I'm put at, up that yeah. artwork here because this artwork is... Uh, dis- well, let me just prattle on about yeah, MKNJ while that's happening. Dude, this artwork It's is a really strong so local cool. in the New Jersey area new york new jersey area so they're gonna have like really top level players they're even getting uh, a couple dudes who are flying in for it which is really cool uh nubcakes is flying in from california so if you like watching mortal kombat this is actually gonna be a legit in-person event where they're you know still taking precautions uh as well in person so hats off to them for that stuff and it's gonna be fun that's gonna be on twitch.tv slash darth arma that will be on saturday on the 31st and then, yeah, this is Darth Armas tournament. And then the last thing that I wanted to shout out was that uh, employees at Activision Blizzard are going to be walking out tomorrow in protest of their leadership's reaction to the lawsuit by uh, the state of California um, alleging really terrible sexual harassment and abuse um, and prejudice as well. And so that's going to be this. That's going to be tomorrow. So if you're somebody who plays Activision Blizzard games, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you to quit, but maybe consider not playing tomorrow in in solidarity with that. Yeah. Just to just to make the point, you know, get a little bit stronger as far you as see, leadership goes. You go. see the tweet that like the statue in front of the building, like they've taped over all the like the the quotes on the bottom of it that are like you know do better for everyone blah blah, blah. apparently someone went and just like put masking tape over the entire wow. thing so it's not there so okay. yeah lot there you of, go. lot Damn. of bad stories coming out of there and again this is a you know I even talked to Olaf who worked at Activision at one point in time you know and he's talked about some of the he's told me about some of the things that he's had to go through that he's seen and you know stuff that's happened there so. Yep. Yep. When the, when the employees walk out, this is what I'm trying to get at. Um, if you're somebody who again, plays those games, just 
consider not playing tomorrow during that time. Right. Okay. Yes, I did suggest that. All right, uh, that's cool. That's all we got. Let's get to the mailbag. We got a few. Mailbag. Mailbag. Trying to update all the UI stuff here. Let's go. All right. So this mailbag question is going to go on record as the first mailbag question that uh, could not fit into the envelope here. So I've had to shorten it down here. Uh, But the full question here from the mailbag is, all three of you are held at gunpoint once again. LOL. This time, one of you must face off in a first to five against the top player in one of your favorite games. You must win or face the consequences. Whose matchup will you choose for the best chance of survival? Is it one, James's Cami versus Kusamundo's Honda in ST? Honda's charge moves will require no charge. Two, David's Q versus MOV's Chun-Li in third strike, but the Chun will have 50% increased walk speed and a meter gain. Or three, Tuberware's team of choice versus Ryan LV's team, but Ryan LV's team will have infinite X-Factor. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind, the correct answer is Tuberware's team. I, I bet on Tubbleware for sure. I can't beat MOV anyway. I can't beat him in any game, probably. I can't beat him in Third Strike, especially, and I can't beat him on this absurd extreme Chun-Li. And same thing goes for James and his Kami and Kusumondo and ST and also absurd Honda. However, even if Tubbleware would lose against Ryan LV normally, there is always a chance in Marvel 3 in a way that there's not always a chance in Third Strike or ST. You could just get a wild X-Factor comeback. You could do it. It's completely plausible. It's not not likely, right? But like it's com- it's much more plausible than either of the other two. So I need I would need more information on the infinite X-Factor. Okay. If Ryan just starts the game X-Factored in level 1, and never changes from X Factor level one. I absolutely bet on me, out of these out of these three, because if he only has level one X Factor, I can Virgil the shit out of him. Like that's it doesn't take any right. talent to come from <laughs> Virgil. Saying, yeah. So I I could I could def- there's the high I think the higher chance if he has infinite X Factor starting level one only has level one. Also, it says I get to pick a team of my choice. I choose three Galactuses. Eat that, Ryan. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Let's give it, Ryan. Let's give it. That's what I'm talking about. Good luck beating me. You can have all the X Factor you want. Dude, my favorite thing about this question is that the person who asked the question has the assumption that Honda with no charge actually is a factor in the matchup at all whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, like you're doing headphones all the time or whatever. Dude, Honda's holding down back in the corner. That's the end of the game right there. If he had instant charge or if it was regular, it's the exact same matchup. It doesn't matter. Honda just sits there. and uh, He's never moving forward not charging he's just hand slapping that's it so he's basically charged 100% of the time anyway so alright question number two question number two Arctic Shoto via Twitter asks 
If all three are on, on at the same time, which would you choose to watch right now? Full offline version of each event. Cooperation Cup, Tobanga League, or Red Bull Kumite? Well, I'm definitely going Cooperation Cup. That's my answer here. And the biggest reason for that is that there's just not that many big third strike events to watch. There's a lot of big Street Fighter V events to watch, which are Topanga, OHR, Red Bull, Kumite for the most part. Uh, Topanga, I guess, also does Tekken, but there's also a lot of Tekken stuff to watch. There's not a big third strike event very often. So for me, this would definitely be Cooperation Cup. I'm taking Kumite. Uh, one reason, they're adding Strive, it seems. Yeah. They keep hinting towards that. They do. Uh, the other reason is just because the production level is so high that it's just more enjoyable for me to watch. I like that, like, special invitational type stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cooperation Cup is dope, but also I'm not the biggest Third Strike fan. So if there's going to be Strive exhibitions versus Third Strike, I'm going to watch Strive. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, same for me. It would be Red Bull Kumite because if they do expand it to multiple games, uh, that's definitely something that I would want to see. Plus, another thing, too, is just, you know, I love the current storylines that are all going on in uh, Street Fighter V. I feel like the the, 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 the storylines right now are super interesting to me. And if they add Strive, then it's a foregone conclusion. So, because, I mean, they said... Like, didn't they say there was going to be more than just Street Fighter at the Red Bull Kumite Vegas or something like they that? I can't did, remember. and the last time they had Strive exhibitions. So right, they had Strive one exhibitions One would assume that they're adding Guilty Gear. Right, exactly. So, I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, Red Bull Kumite, for sure. Yeah, Tiny Text, I had the same reading of this. I was just going to make the joke after these guys were done. Uh, if all three are on at the same time, which would you choose to watch right now? full offline version of each event. Can you imagine watching the full offline version of Topanga League? That actually sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. I wouldn't be able to eat or sleep or what. I mean, I'm just stuck there. I have to watch this whole thing. Horrible. Horrible. Like five days. of Just like nothing but watching video games. So, so no thank you to that. Yeah, they, pro- <laughs> they probably meant it as, you know, just the finals, you know, but... Well, that is a task, yeah. 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 No, anyway. All right. Good question. So, next question is, non-binary netizen via Twitter, if you were to play a tabletop role-playing game, what class would you play, and how would you play them? Well, in my last D&D campaign, I was playing a dwarf cleric. Um, so there you go. That's the answer. Look at me. I have friends who want to play D&D with me. I mean, I hadn't had friends for many, probably 20 years um, in between times that I played D&D. I played it in high school a couple times. And then nobody I knew, people I knew played, but I, def- I never played it, I guess is how I will phrase it, until the pandemic happened and some of my buddies here in L.A., Rather than getting together to play video games, we got together virtually to play a D&D game. And that was cool. Shay, nothing would make me happier than playing Dungeons & Dragons with my pals on stream for everyone to watch. Dude. But the chances of getting David and James free for a night to do that with me is slim to none. Also, you never want to play D&D with me. You never. Oh, yeah, James doesn't want to wanna play D&D, play D&D, D&D with me. You think I get salty at fighting games? Oh. Like, this is another level 
of just pure, utter salt. I played, so one of my best friends wanted to really practice being a DM, Dungeon Master, because it was something he was really interested in. So he got us to all play, and basically I eventually just got kicked out of it because I was no fun to play with at all whatsoever. So, because... You could be the Dungeon Master? Huh? What do you think about that? I mean, if I could be a Dungeon Master, sure, that's fine. No, I just had so many issues with the way D&D works. <laughs> like, I, I really hated it because, like, something happened in our campaign that if my character actually existed in the world would know about, but because I'm James and I don't live in that world... I'm unaware of that thing, so there was something that could happen because James, who is a wizard and in the game, but not a wizard in real life, so I have no idea how wizard things actually work, made a poor decision, whereas James the wizard in the actual world would know about this, so he wouldn't have made that poor decision. You just got to do the research and know like what your options are. I wouldn't if I was a, an adult wizard in that world, I would already know all that information as a child growing up. So I shouldn't be punished by role playing as something that I should definitely know as the character in that world. This is why This is why This is why This is why you don't play D&D with me. <laughs> I guess. I think we're talking about a Fair game. Enough. This like is why, because that happened, and I got so pissed off. I was so mad, and I literally did not want to play anymore, and I killed all of the mood in the room, and because I was so mad that something happened, because my character would definitely 100% know about it in that world, but because that was the first time I've ever played D&D, I didn't know. And yeah. so, yeah, I, like thought, game, I, right? thought that, I thought that was bullshit. So I just, I couldn't accept it. And that is why you never play D&D with me. Next time I play Guilty Gear Strive, I'm going to be mad that anybody can get past my chains. I, first of all, I am a time lord. How are you even going to get me? What do you, how is this possible? I'm going to be mad about it. So Wouldn't my character do, in the game know because he's a time lord that he shouldn't be there to get hit in that situation? Time lord. Dude, you're you're freaking know. King the Conqueror, dude. That's what you're doing know. right here. Um, well, well, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, Dubo Domo asked, what didn't I know that a character should have known? We were trying to interrogate somebody, and so we tied him up, and so he cast a spell that blew himself up. And I was like, wait, that doesn't... What? And he's like, yeah, you didn't tie his mouth so he could still verbally cast spells. Nice. And, I was like, and I was like, that's bullshit. Because if I had known about that, then I would have gagged him. Because I'm a fucking wizard. I am a fucking wizard and I should know this shit. But I don't because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons before. So I was like, all right, let's redo the scenario so that I know. And I guess you just don't do that in Dungeons and Dragons world. So I was like, this is bullshit. Fuck this. And that was the end of it. So <laughs> James Chad, fun at parties. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is why you don't play D&D with me. <laughs> you got it. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
use that. All right. Uh, next question is, what's your favorite fighting game character you've never learned or picked up? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna have to go with Super Turbo Dalsum. Never Super played him. Turbo, you never played Super Turbo Dalsum? Yeah, never played a, him. Actually, really surprising. Huh, yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize that I liked zoners until probably like late 2000s, mid late 2000s, and by that time I'd already been playing Honda and Gi for a long time, and and I just was like, well, I'm just gonna stick with these characters. I don't know. I did so I didn't do it, and. Now I haven't played ST seriously in so long, so I just never never did it. No, but I always thought he was really cool. Uh, I've always wanted to play Magneto in Marvel 3, mm. but I don't have the execution to play Magneto in Marvel <laughs> 3. I can move. I can move with him really well. I can move with most characters really well. Um, but as far as like doing magnetic blast-type combos and stuff, just... Ain't happening, Chief. I hard. tried so hard. I put I put real, real effort into learning him at one point. Maybe for like two months I tried to learn his basic oh, wow. stuff and I just couldn't execute it. Hmm. I would just drop it. And I was like, well, I'm not meant to play Magneto. So I picked Nova. <laughs> <laughs> I picked easy Magneto. It's kind of functions, right? I mean, it's like... I think I would say the other one for me is Morgan in Marvel 3. For similar kinds oh, of reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The execution yeah. Not available to me. Don't believe the lies. Everyone can play Morgan. It's just do you get tired of churning? I, yes, I do. Yeah, if you I get do. too tired of churning, then you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would probably have been anyone in Vampire Savior. Like, I just wish I knew how to play that game at the level that, that people play it at these days. I played it so much at the beginning, but again, it was the same thing. We had no footage of Japanese players, so I didn't know what the game was capable of at the end. And so, you know, I was doing the things that I was doing that I thought was high level. And it turned out all of it was bunk, basically, you know, and I've just never had the chance to sit down and actually try to learn that game. So, you know, if I could actually play Anacharis or or even Felicia or Bishamon to the level that I would I could, that would be awesome. So. I also think it would be really sick to know how to play melee at a high level. That's true too. I'm, just in general, yeah. I'm not interested in putting in the time. To be honest, like I'm not going to do that. But if magically I could make myself just like aware of, and I could just like plug in in the matrix, and like now I know kung fu, like it, that would be super cool. I think that game probably looks looks like it would probably be very very fun at a high level, and I would play it. I think probably with Puff. That's that's what I would pick too if I played that game <laughs> for sure. Oh man. I just want to make people mad, and she makes people mad. She does make people mad. Yeah, 16-bit, I can see you liking BB Hood. That makes sense. All right. What do we got next? All right. Next we have, what are your non-video game hobbies? Ooh. Uh, my number one non-video game hobbies is Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I'm a dungeon master in my spare time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I cook. I like cooking. What was I like that? learning about cooking? I said I cook. I like cooking. I like learning about cooking. I like learning like food science, like why things taste the way they do. 
Cool. Like why you shouldn't buy tomatoes at certain times of year and, and things like that. <laughs> um, I just made a lasagna this past weekend that was just. Oh dang! Nice. So nice. thanks for the invite. Yeah. Um, Hey man, if you I've already I've invited you to Minneapolis <laughs> yeah, several I know, times. I know, I know. Yes. If you come out, I will make you a whole ass lasagna you can take back to LA with you. Awesome. Um I would say, I mean, for me, it's hard because honestly, like these past few years, like the FGC has like so consumed my life that I feel like all my hobbies have disappeared. I used to like watching basketball. I used to like doing all these other things. Yeah, my hobbies might just be my cats now, dude. Like seriously, cats. Oh, look at that boy. Yeah, my my, my my hobbies might just be my cats. Uh, I wish I was playing more of the piano that I used to do. I used to draw comic strips all the time. I still like singing. Uh, singing is definitely still a big hobby of mine. I watch a lot of, I mean, I don't know if you can call watching TV these days a hobby, you know, cause that's just so passive. Right. And I barely pay attention to the Netflix stuff that I put on half the time anyway. Uh, crossword puzzles right now is a big hobby of mine. I have an app on my phone that just like constant stream of crossword puzzles. So I'm just like doing crossword puzzles all the time. Um, you made one. Yeah, and that's why I made one because I had done, I had played so many of them that I was like, I really need to see if I can make one. So, um, but yeah, at this point in time, I feel like, like, uh, it's hard to say this. It's hard to put this in a way that doesn't sound wrong, but my willpower to do anything interesting is like gone at this point in time. And like, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, working on the overlays has actually been something that's been really fun for me to do. I did this whole overlay thing for uh, the Thirsty Games for his Teppin tournaments because he would always want to set up the players for which decks they have, which ones have been used, and which one they're using. He would always have to manually change which one is loaded and do all this stuff. So I built him the UI that he just picks it, click save like we do on the Tuesday show, and boom, it transforms, even changes the colors of the hero colors and all this stuff like that for him and he was like oh my god this has made my life so much easier and you know it was just like i i get obsessed with that and like once i start on it like it's that oh it's that adhd thing again where you start on something and then you get so focused on it like it's why like a lot of times when i code i don't go to the bathroom like i'll like need to go to the bathroom but I will just hold it for like four hours because I'm just like coding and I'm so obsessed with it. So that's probably one. Should get a get a bottle. <laughs> oh, want to hear a fun story? <laughs> fun story. I was. I, I Do you want to see really, some really shit, dude? Do you want to? Yeah, that's, it's kind of like that. <laughs> I used to be really into sports, like professional sports. And the year 2007 NFL draft. The year after the Bears went to the Super Bowl, uh, I obviously am a Bears fan. And I was watching the draft, and the Bears pick was coming up, and I really wanted them to draft Greg Olson. And I had to see them draft Greg Olson, the tight end. And I had to pee the, from, like, the time the draft started till the time the Bears got – I think they had the 31st or 32nd pick. I'm not sure. Oh, it was geez. deep in the draft. Uh, I literally was – I had to pee, right? 
and there was a full Gatorade bottle. So I chugged the Gatorade so I could be in the bottle and keep watching the NFL draft. That's how serious I was about professional sports at one point in my life. Wow. Yep. That's a true <laughs> story. I'm not proud of it. The whole uh, world can know, though, because it's ridiculous and stupid and funny. Yeah, I chugged well, the whole Gatorade just so I could pee. And then after the Bears made their pick, I was like, whatever. I, I can get up to pee now. It's fine. Like, I don't have to see it. Did they pick wow. who you wanted? I was, I was sitting there. Yeah, yeah they, they got Greg Olson. Oh, nice. Okay. They did pick who I wanted. So it was worth it for me in the end. Look, obviously, but, everybody here has peed in a bottle. We've all done it. I will say no. I, you've everybody. never peed in a you – know, wait, tell – You've never peed in a receptacle that's not a toilet? Well, I've peed into a cup at a hospital, right? Like, because they I, need a urine well, sample. I mean, uh, no, no, no. We're talking about, like, you just got to go. So whatever you see you can pee into, you peed into. You've never done that in your life? Mm-mm. Nope. I that's have actually man. incredible bladder. I don't bladder. have the bladder for that. I actually I have incredible it. bladder control despite the fact. I still remember there was one Evo that I commentated from morning till night and i realized i had not gone pee to pee like the entire day and i Yeesh. by the time i got back to my hotel room i mean it was pretty epic uh and felt great but i was like wow how did i do that like that was probably the wrong idea so but yeah um i i have never peed into a bottle or anything like that for emergency purposes no impressive i'm just impressed yeah, it's just never happened i've peed into grass and bushes and stuff like that but i don't think that counts either right david you're turning green is that our last question i am turning green with envy at the fact that you guys have answered with your non-video game hobbies but i haven't yet what's your um, oh yeah do it mine are right now i'm doing a lot of stuff with this 3d printer behind me that Maybe you can't see in the shot. You can't see in the shot. Uh, but I'm. I won't believe it till you start giving me new hitbox stuff. I'm trying to make it happen. It's it's a it's a process, but it's cool. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I read a bunch. I read history in particular. Um, I take walks. I do. uh, I write a bunch. I've been writing lately. I used to write a lot, and I used to. You know, we know all about your past writing, David. That's right. Yeah. Your fanfic history. That's right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But like, I used to write. Uh, poetry a lot and I got published a bunch and just haven't done it in 15 years probably not since law school I think Um, which is uh, almost actually that's about 13-14 years ago so I've been doing that again that's fun I like that stuff it's cool I think those are the main ones for me have I gotten The Verge? No I haven't yet I haven't yet but that would be cool I'm a big fan of uh, uh, you talking about Patrick Wyman's book if so, big fan, but I haven't gotten it. Scoop DeVille via Discord. What other properties do you think Ryu and Chun-Li will make an appearance in? MOBA characters, maybe? Call of Duty skins, perhaps? MOBA, huh? Uh, what MOBAs are there that, like, just have whatever characters that nobody cares about where they can put in skin. Because, like, part of the reason that they, it works in in uh, Fortnite is that, like, the, nobody, like, there's not, like, a character, really. Like, you have your dude that you customize, but it's not like you're playing, like, the named characters with actual backgrounds and who look certain ways in other games for the most part. Just so. put them in a Pokemon Unite, right? I mean, at this point. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, as much as I'd like to see Ryu uppercut Pikachu, I don't think that'll happen. That would be so sick. That would be Dude, really cool. We have that seen Ryu uppercut Pikachu. Like, that's yeah, literally... Yeah, but it's not a fighting game. Okay, because that was what... I still remember when Ryu first came out in Smash Brothers, and I put him versus uh, Pikachu... And I uppercutted him with the clean hit, with the full motion, and Pikachu died. Like, I just started cackling. Like, it was just, like, one of the <laughs> most amazing feelings. Like, there's something that you never thought you would do is clean hit Pikachu with a DP from Ryu and kill him off the top of the screen. Pikachu got what he deserved. He had it coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where they fit in or go from here, but I hope it's more. Yeah, it'd be cool. All like the stuff, it. all it does is give exposure to Street Fighter, so mm -hmm. by all means. Yep. All right. What do we got for the last mailbag question? Uh, Scoop DeVille comes back at us. Uh, let's see here. Oops. I should probably paste that in there. There we go. All right. Uh, he asks, how severely does getting teabagged in a game affect you? Zero percent. One out of ten. So wait, if I teabag ten times, one of those will affect you? <laughs> nah. I'm saying on a scale of oh, okay. one to ten, it's a one. Maybe it's not a zero. Maybe the one is like, oh, now I think, now I might not think you're like a cool guy, but that's the only impact it's going to have. <laughs> like, rather than like, it's not going to like make me upset in a way that makes me play worse. I'll just be like, oh. Maybe we like don't go out and get some lunch after this anymore. It's like a controversy in KI for a little bit in the KI really? community of should you teabag or not? And my answer was to go on stage at Frosty Faustings that year and teabag the shit out of Rotendo. So I beat nice. him three zero and teabagged him every single game. And it wasn't Ugh. personal against Rotendo. It was making a point of they wanted to ban teabagging. So right. I was making it a point of how stupid it would be to stupid. ban that. Yeah, right. uh, it, was, it was my own little my own little protest. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't think it should affect anyone. It's literally tapping down on the joystick, man. Like, come on. Look, yeah. it, it, like, it, it, if that messes with your mental, you're not ready to play competitively. Right. Exactly, and that's why I've always said taunting should stay in game in fighting games and stuff like that. Because absolutely. if taunting affects your opponents, then you should absolutely taunt. Like you you want to win in any way you can if. Knuckle do teabagging affects Shao Hai during Canada Cup Grand Finals, and that works. Then you do it right, cause then it works. Uh, when people teabag me, all I think is that you know it's just it's just like you know one of those like uh, uh, oh you're a cool kid or you know you're definitely buying a giant truck to make up for something kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's just I don't know. It just like it just doesn't feel like it. It, it makes me think less of you. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't affect me. It just makes me think, like, yeah. really? Okay, buddy, you think that this is, you know, you think that this is, uh, this is going to be an effective tactic, so. Playing Mortal Kombat is impossible for even just a little while without running into somebody who teabags. Mm -hmm. So if you get <laughs> into a game that will teach you to not care about people teabagging, Play Mortal Kombat just for a little bit, and you just you'll see it constantly, and eventually you just get inured to it because it happens all the time, <laughs> absolutely all the time. 
and you can't do any. Somebody beats you in that game, and you're stuck at the fatality screen. You're stuck there for however long that is, 10 seconds or whatever it is, five seconds, I don't know. And you just got to watch their character bounce up and down. Pew, 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 pew with my RoboCop. That's what I do. That's what I do. Now, here's my All question. Right. Have you guys ever teabagged anybody? Well, I just gave a little story about well, it. Well, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about you, David? I can't think of anything in particular, but I'm sure I've done it. Howard. Probably happened. Next time, Tupperware and I play, it's going to be the teabag fest. Probably. Dude, yeah. I actually want to see that. Actually, that would be pretty yeah, sick. Cause, I mean, because yeah. I was saying, if David's never, David's never teabagged anybody, and I've never peed in a bottle. So, you know, we're we're learning all sorts of weird but things. But have you teabagged someone? Uh, I have. I have. The, you know, most of the times I've teabagged someone is when they teabag me, and then they fail to kill me. And then I knock them dizzy, and I get to kill them, and I'll just teabag them for fun. So I'm just like, whatever, dude. Because that usually feels good, especially if you can get them to rage quit. <laughs> I love it when people rage quit on me. Like, that makes me happy. When people Absolutely. rage quit on me, like, I just get, like, ecstatic, so. Yeah. It's a badge of honor. 100%. Yep. All right, that's it for no, the I show. Got, I got one yeah. more thing that I want to talk to you here about. I've got some beef with David here that I really want to discuss. Okay. Cool. All right. So I'm going to bring this up on the screen over here. This confidential document was leaked by Arc System Works. Oh, it got leaked? Yes. This got leaked here. And it has a payment. And it has a public relations and advertising link. Over I, I can't here. believe this got leaked. Oh no! It's got the this. watermark and everything. Yeah, look at this. Sajam was paid eighty nine thousand dollars to promote Guilty Gear, right? Right. Event right. Hubs was forty two thousand. The Lord right. Knight was ten thousand. Look at you, two hundred and seven thousand. Uh-huh. I have seventy five thousand yeah. here. I was yeah, paid seventy five thousand. You got can you paid- scroll down some more, James? Oh. It's- Shit! This, you know what? I don't want to hear from either of you. This is the worst chart. How do I get? I can't even get 10k. Lord Knight gets 10k. I can't even get. They can't even see, toss me a hundy. The worst thing about it is when I was negotiating with Arxis, you know, I, I I consulted David. I was like, how much should I ask for? And he was like, just ask for like 80k or something like that. And I think he was just <laughs> trying to save a bunch of the money for himself. And so Here's now this document is leaked and I understand the truth of the matter here. So I just have to call out David here. What, how could you not help your fellow Ultra Chen members here? Not only did you tell me the that's wrong numbers, up, but you didn't help Tubo get anything. That's, what that's do you have up. to say for I was yourself, David? I forgot about James is broke now because of you. How dare you? Did you ever see the old documentary about lifting weights and being like Mr. Olympia or whatever with... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's he's being interviewed uh, about the fact that uh, apparently he screwed over one of his competitors, who was one of his best friends, by giving him the wrong advice. And basically what Arnold said was that, well, look, he comes to me for advice. We're competitors, and it's not that hard for me to give him the wrong advice so that I win (laughs) the entire thing. That's what's going on, James. So... You know what, next time, maybe you think a little bit further ahead. Maybe you get a disinterested third party. I'm always telling you guys that. Make sure that you get a disinterested third party attorney to look it over. I'm always recommending that you do that. I'm being honest a little bit there. Yes, am I taking advantage of everybody? 
can you put that back up there? Can you put up put up this uh, this chart yet again? Dude, Let me just crazy. talk it up a because, little because, like, yeah, because look, look, look what bit. you did with your, you. The only person, the only who, person who, made, who made more money was like Amazon and Twitter. No, no, no person made more money, and only legal persons in the sense of corporations made more money because one person on that list knows how to negotiate and write and draft contracts like it's their job, and you can tell from the numbers on that page who it is. I want to know what Sagem got 89,000 of because it wasn't dollars. It was clearly something else. So I want to know what they paid. (laughs) Pokemon cards. It was Pokemon cards. Yeah, 89,000 what, Sagem? But here's the – so look, I will tell you right now, there was no luck in you screwing me over that time, David. Only bad luck for you. It was all skill, dude. Come on. Skill by me. That's right. Uh, Dang it. That's right. Well, I hope any one of us gets paid eighty thousand dollars for anything ever. That would be great. Dude, if I got yeah, paid seventy five like thousand or whatever, like, dude, yeah, just one gig. If I got paid seventy five thousand dollars here, like I that's I could I hate look all right, I'm just fucking exposing everything we hear. That's more than I've made in like the last two years, dude. Like seriously. Like if I got that for shilling here, that's more than I've made like in the last goddamn two years, maybe almost three. Okay. Let's, I got paid let's... that much money for one thing fighting game related. I'm sharing with both of you because seriously, I don't dude. deserve that much money. I, don't, well, I, there's, I can't imagine something I could do that I would deserve 75k in one one go. I would have I mean, to, I, to share I, I look over stuff. influencer contracts for clients, uh, influencer and like affiliate agreements, and I haven't seen hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've seen pretty deep into the tens of thousands of dollars for single events. So that's Wild. that. That stuff happens. Let's, let's get there someday, boys. And five, five digits is like all the time. I mean, like, you remember what? Five digits is all the time. You remember what Sharpie tweeted, right? She was like, I just got paid more to do a TV show that got canceled and will never be aired than I've ever gotten at any fighting game event. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, they, they really do shock. I mean, when, when it comes to the absolute highest level influencers, I don't have any clients who do that, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what they're making. But when it comes to the clients that I have who are like, you know, probably, probably mid-high, mid-high influencer level for some of them, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen 100, 100K, but I've seen, like, pretty close to that, and I see five digits all the time. That's crazy, dude. Wow. That is so crazy. One day, That's maybe. That's how it goes. One day, maybe. All right, y'all. <sighs> Thanks for hanging yeah, out with us for a couple show. hours. And by the way, David, can I borrow some money, actually? I need to, because, you know, you got this $200,000 from Arxis. I need to buy the season pass so I can play Gold Lewis Dickinson. So, you know, kind of cool. Actually. Oh, boy. All right. All right. All right. Let me bird everybody here. Uh, bird him. Oh, bird is going. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. I mean, it's the same as anything else, Dr. Omnipotent. Being one of those influencers takes a lot of luck. <laughs> In that case, a lot of luck. Thanks, Max. Uh, man. Well, see you later, guys. Bye-bye.